0: talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there.
3: Muller, she wrote, is brought to you by our new daily news pod, The Daily Beans. Join AG, Jalisa, and Jordan for 30 minutes each morning as we cover the news that's important to you, including social justice issues and the 2020 election with context, jokes, and music by They Might Be Giants. The first episode drops July 22nd, so look for it wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.
1: More news.
4: Swear. daily Fiends. this is seth abramson i'm the author of proof of collusion and you're listening to muller she wrote
2: so to be clear mr trump has no financial relationships
3: Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jalisa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. It was another interesting week of ups and downs in the news. How was your week, guys? It was great, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, I try to tune
2: out
0: the news when I, you know, when I have a self-care moment, so I did a lot of that, you know? Cool. Hanging out. Yeah, I was enjoying the Dem debates. Yep. Yeah, so it was a cool week in that sense. It's nice to have something to focus on that is not just just the shitty things that Trump is doing. Exactly. Right, like nice ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In conjunction with the shitty things Trump is doing though. Yes. Those or, are or still there. In opposition Ever to. Ever present. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> always there
3: hanging like low balls. Yeah. That you need a big dick toilet for. Mm-hmm. That's why he hired Matthew fucking Whitaker that's his yep. name I'm like can't even remember we that. almost it's been name. Years. potato he does looks like a potato <laughs> or a Sweat, thumb yeah I can a see a sweaty that. potato thumb oh my god <laughs> can you imagine like a Mr. Potato Head but it's a thumb oh yeah and you just stick subpoenas into it that's hilarious yeah, that would be rad uh, we're super excited to be headed to Philadelphia, July 17th, and then Chicago, July 27th. We have San Francisco, August 30th, and Seattle, I think, is September 13th, Triple Door Theater. For tickets and information, head to mullersherote.com. And somewhere in the middle of all that, we're launching The Daily Beans on July 22nd. Uh, like we said, uh, I think up in the pre-roll, it's a 30-minute morning news show for you by us. Uh, Fibu, I guess. I like that. Uh, becomes If you become a patron now... Uh, you'll get access to ad-free episodes as long as we don't sell to a network because we're going to try to remain independent as long as we can and we'll give you those ad-free episodes and we're also going to have a video feed and that's just for patrons and you can sign up for as little as three bucks a month so head to patreon.com slash muller she wrote any level will get those things you won't see it in the tier descriptions but any level will get you that stuff so mm-hmm. uh, patreon.com slash muller she wrote and you know our our patrons, you know, support goes toward paying everybody a super high living wage. We go way above minimum wage. And it also helps give a, um, our employees health care, even our part timers. Oh, I get, yeah. We give it to everybody. So mm-hmm. that is what your money goes to. I thought you might want to know that. Very cool. All right. With the housekeeping out of the way, it's time for our favorite new segment, Corrections.
4: It's a It's hard for me to say I'm sorry.
3: I made a mistake. That's right. We're wrong, and we're not afraid to say so. This week, we've learned never to call Boston Beantown. Uh, We'll be there in November, and we'll be sure not to do that. Thank you, because we were talking about San Francisco, and you don't call it San Fran or Frisco. You call it the city. Yes. Or just San Francisco. And then we mentioned we were coming to Beantown, and I got a bunch of emails from Bostonians going, do not.
2: To be fair, in San Diego, we don't like it when they call it Diego. Yeah. So I guess we all have those things. Or whale's vagina. Yes. Well, that I
0: like. (laughs) That's true. That is a good bit. Beantown is Guy Fierry. Mexican restaurant.
2: Oh, is that why they don't want to associate he- with that?
0: No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh yeah, we, I wanted to do a
3: Mexican Asian fusion restaurant called Senor Miyagi's, but mm. it never went anywhere. Aww. Yeah, um, but I, it sounds there, and we actually do have a uh, one that's opening up or had already opened up here in San Diego. I'm really excited about. It's not called that, but I was going <laughs> to say <What? laughs> I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think that's a really delicious uh, fusion to try. So, mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, uh, November, not Beantown. We'll see you there. Uh, <laughs> last week, Julisa, you were telling us uh, that you'd read about concentration camps in other authoritarian countries, and we got a few emails reminding us of the one million plus Uyghur Muslims that are being held in what China calls re-education camps mm. in the Xinjiang province, which is part of what's referred to as the surveillance state, with dozens of cameras per block. Uh, and you can check it, Check that out in uh, the New York Times. They've reported on it pretty extensively.
2: And that's currently you said that's happening right now. Yeah. those wow. are, Yeah.
3: That's the Uyghurs. And I and I I, I know I've heard I, I had heard about this before. I just it was an omission from when we were talking about other countries and, and dictatorships that have concentration camps around the world. That's a big one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another email was sent to us regarding my mention of the authoritarian use of intermittent conditioning last week. Really happy story. Um, Letting us know it's part of what Naomi Klein calls the shock doctrine, which is a theory for explaining the way that force, stealth, and crisis are used in implementing neoconservative economic policies like privatization, deregulation, and cuts to social services. Uh, Its most recent egregious use was after Maria hit Puerto Rico. But a big part of it is exploitation of chaos post disaster, and it reminds me of our entry into Iraq after nine eleven.
0: So yeah, I started reading that book in middle school because I tried to look smart. Middle school, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) little light reading. "Mm, Disaster capitalism, yes. Ramona and (laughs) Bezos and
3: Superfudge, and are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And the shock doctrine. Yeah, to no, you by, I can totally imagine a, a young Jordan, Jordan doing that. Yeah, summer
0: reading <laughs> list. It was a big shiny silver book too, and I just like brandished it like a weapon of Aww, brains. Nice. And then I never read it because I'm a fucking douchebag. You know, Are you <laughs> the real life Daria, or is it uh, who's that? Oh, oh, she's a cartoon character, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, MTV. Oh, I dig it. Oh, I dig the it. one with uh, the glasses. She's mm-hmm.
3: kind of like uh, the girl from Parks and Rec. You know, that mm, that becomes Johnny Karate's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah april ryan or totally something, yeah,
0: yeah. no i know she's she's like a grungy looking kind of person mm-hmm. april ryan what's her name april. i get those vibes
2: yeah from jordan what's her um, what's They're her good name? vibes i think to have
0: oh thanks who would you
2: <laughs> say is like similar to you who do you who's your human spirit i always thought animal? you sounded like rhett butler that comedian she's oh. awesome
0: did you ever watch that i did yes yeah, yeah. yeah see where funny. i'm getting at yeah i was told
2: yeah. by a listener that i sound like um the queen from the emperor's new groove oh my god
1: yeah, yzma
3: exactly <laughs> <laughs> I do love that movie. Pull the
1: lever.
0: Yeah, wrong lever. I okay. like Krong.
3: Okay, Aubrey Plaza is the actress, and it's uh, April Ludgate. yeah uh, yes, is the uh, character. So
0: yes, no, I think um, self hatred aside, that book was very compelling because it was like around Hurricane Katrina, <clears> throat> and throat> is that this must have been my freshman year in high school then? But it just yeah, it was like. More so, I'm just a slow reader, and I read, like, two <laughs> pages a day. But anyway, it was, what I read of it was good. It was very, um, yeah, She, I mean, it was, like, easy enough to understand for a high schooler, but it's it's crazy. A lot of it is, like, charter schools that pop up, for example, after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, yeah. Like, in Louisiana, oh, yeah, and how okay. they privatize education, and they come in, and they just start all these systems, basically, that just are entirely privately funded, more or less, mm-hmm. yeah. not entirely
3: And I think I was kind of going for the shock doctrine idea, although instead of taking advantage of people, you know, being discombobulated after a disaster, I think what I was trying to get at also in addition to that is Trump, you know, uh, intermittently threatening things and pulling them back so that uh, you mm-hmm. know eventually nobody believes what he says. Like uh, I, I remember somebody saying when the tanker was attacked in the Strait of Hormuz, and Trump was like, "Iran attacked this tanker, attacked this tanker." Nobody believed him. And what if it were true? Like yeah. it's that kind of danger. But then he will try stuff and then not do stuff and then pull it back at the last minute and keep everybody super anxious and then use that kind of fear to manipulate everybody into feeling extra good Mm -hmm. when he uh, doesn't bomb a country.
0: Yeah,
2: almost like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah,
0: and he creates, let's... Like use the the hurricane metaphor. He sort of creates the hurricane, and then once <laughs> this water settle that he chooses when they settle, he comes in and tries to provide these services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seem like it's oh thank you Donald Trump. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. The hurricane disguises FEMA. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. it's an island surrounded by water, very big
3: water. Oh my gosh. Very blue wet water. <laughs> yeah. That he guy. said that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 I'm paraphrasing, but not About- really. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Why he couldn't reach oh, them. Oh, good. Out. Okay, I, I thought, I
0: mean, not good, but I thought you were talking about Louisiana, and I was like, okay, that <laughs> oh, <no>. is <laughs> so awful.
3: No, he yeah. didn't do that. Um, but okay. he might. Who knows? Still Give him a chance. Awful. Ask him about Katrina. He could. Yeah. Big water <laughs> island.
4: Uh, Louisiana
3: island. <laughs> he might think we mean Catalina instead of Katrina. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Because, yeah. I mean, he was asked this week what he thinks of Western uh, government, West- Western liberalism, yeah, or yeah. Western-style government. And he... Set, he started complaining about L.A. and San Francisco.
2: Yeah, he literally thinks it means
3: Western U.S. Like the coast. Yeah. He, yeah. Didn't, he didn't realize we were talking about like, Western, Western Europe democracy. and Western <laughs> democracy. Yeah. Uh, and then when he was asked about busing, he was like, well, you know, I don't know much about it, but how else are kids going to get to school? Like, he didn't even realize oh that the no. context about of forced busing. He yeah. just thought we were talking about people are against putting kids on buses to go to school or something. Jeez, and, and like, uh, can you imagine like thinking, like not just going... Why are people against buses? Mm-hmm. You know, and That's finding what out racism is <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Just maybe he's like, "What's wrong with buses? People get on buses." That's what he goes yeah. Rosa
2: Parks. He's like, "What's wrong with buses?"
3: He's so he's so above buses. He just he maybe it's true maybe people are against busing I don't yeah, know yeah. yeah
0: well you think about the amount of things he must hear on a daily basis which he has no idea what they mean mm-hmm. so <laughs> this is just what he does but he <laughs> just hears something it just riffs yeah
2: and he's the president so people are going to him daily probably like by the minute for answers and he's constantly giving no, them I don't I I think they do that anymore yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank god remember they're <laughs> like <laughs> just don't even bring it up to him just don't <laughs> just steal the papers away destroy it. just don't
2: yeah I guess that yeah. is what it is now right yeah, yeah it's
3: yeah. been that way I think for a while uh which is uh you know i'm thankful that people are keeping important things away from the president like for example shit, right? like w- that that we are uh trying to cyber invade russia's uh, electricity grid but they're like mm, just don't tell him just yeah because
2: he won't read the news he won't even know that we're talking about it right now you know no he won't <laughs>
3: and, and and of course he would go and tattle to yeah, putin yeah uh on uh his own intelligence community but for, for that, doing that to be a relief it just shows where we are <laughs> yeah, <know>. once again <laughs> that's a that shock doctrine shit right there <laughs> Um this week I used the term modus operandi as a, as a, the singular uh, and that would be modus operandum so, you know, because I said Trump's modus operandi mm-hmm. was this one thing, um, mm. which is the shock doctrine or the uh, intermittent conditioning. Yeah,
2: very nerdy correction. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I,
3: I keep getting my Latin wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm a little ashamed, but it has been 30 years. So. Yeah, that's fair. And I only took it because it was at the boys' school.
0: So. Well, hopefully, when you run for president, people aren't sitting there trying to speak Latin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Trying to laughs> somebody at to the, the Latin debates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, technically, <laughs> I can
3: see that. <laughs> somebody at the debates just busts out in Latin or Sanskrit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. check me out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to reach out to those Latin voters. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I was
2: going to say Trump <laughs> thinks that's what the Mexicans oh speak.
3: You know, like,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's they try so hard. They learn a whole language. they like, I thought the Latins would listen. It's <laughs> the wrong Latin.
3: <laughs> the Latins, Latinx. That was ex-Latin, you know? Like, old times. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. <laughs> A patron also wanted to remind us regarding our discussion of the Oregon state legislature being threatened by militias, militia groups, uh, that it was those same guys, the Ammon Bundy guys that hold up at the wildlife refugee, and uh, Trump pardoned those guys. Mm. Uh, And someone just wanted to point out that connection. They're also called the three percenters. Oh, okay. And the reason they're called the three, I knew it was three something, but the reason they're called the three percenters, uh, let's see here, is because it's... uh, uh, only 3% of colonists fought in the American Revolution right so they're calling themselves the
2: 3% of you know Americans who will step up to the job and do who, what who, needs oh, who to be will done. win the
3: revolution for sure yeah yeah mm. I guess so mm-hmm. okay <laughs> Yeah, and Trump pardoned those guys, so wonderful. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Marsha it... P. Johnson was the trans woman of color that is said to have thrown the first brick at Stonewall. That's right, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, and because we were trying to remember who
2: it was. Exactly. And knew it, it started. was, a, you know, a POC, yeah, a trans person. I just didn't know exactly. But yeah, Marsha P. Johnson, that's mm-hmm.
3: right. And someone suggested we... Um, if you know if we ever have any stories that come up in our feed and we accidentally report them as being now, but they were from two years ago, like the Marco Rubio, Rubio story that yeah. we did <laughs> the other day. Like, can you believe he just said that? Uh, it was two years ago, actually, so that's actually a correction. <laughs> um, but they say we should call those refried beans. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Great nice. idea. And so here's my thought with uh, for a segment in the Daily Beans, our new news show. I'm thinking we'll do something called refried beans where we check up on stories that are old and mm-hmm. that never got a follow-up. Uh, and you know yeah to, like a where
2: are they now segment to a degree right kind of right. because that
3: happens a lot in the news we we talk about stuff we try to keep circling back to things and we'll remind you of you know the fact that we spoke about them before in case you're new to the show and didn't hear us talk about them but there's a lot of new stories that just pop up and then disappear and so I thought it would be a really cool segment to kind of dig up those old stories find out if we were right wrong how it went uh, down if it's still open and ongoing or if it's a closed thing and and you know we'll call it refried beans i, I like love that, that idea, idea.
0: Mm-hmm. also we're very split on whether the beans are in reference to coffee or actual beans you'll never know
3: <laughs> she is holding a coffee mug but it could she be is. full of refried beans she oh. could
0: just drink beans i yeah. eat
3: refried beans out of coffee mugs so <laughs> mm, you know and we we actually have muller she wrote coffee mugs at mm. muller she wrote.com they're super awesome uh check those out and the uh let's see next correction that's all we have Oh, cool. Those awesome. were good. Great corrections, guys. Really? Mostly uh, additions and omissions, except from a crap Latin?
2: Yeah, and suggestions. I <laughs> yep. like this, though. It's a good segment for that.
3: It is. And so thank you for these corrections. If you have one, please go to com, click Contact, select Corrections, and send away. We'll get it right eventually. <laughs> That's our slogan. Yes. <laughs> we'll get
2: it right eventually. Fox News should say that, if you want to be honest, right? Or actually, no. We'll, we'll never, never get, get, it get it right. right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Fair and stupid. There you go. Uh, All right, guys, uh, we have a lot of news to get to, a lot. So let's uh, jump in with just the facts. All right, guys, we open this week with an update on the scandalous Duncan Hunter, Republican representative in Congress who reminds me of Councilman Bill Dexhart in Parks and Recreation.
4: I have served for almost two decades for the city of Pawnee, and I have no intentions of giving up on this great city because it didn't give up on me, even when I was using its funds to procure the sex of a lifetime.
3: Court filings revealed this week that in addition to the 60 counts of fraud and campaign finance charges against him and his wife, Margaret, Duncan Hunter was spending said campaign funds on at least five different side pieces, most of them lobbyists, which makes me wonder if Duncan Hunter thinks that being in bed with lobbyists means he literally has to be in bed with lobbyists. (laughs) The filing alleges he used campaign funds to pay for trips, dinners, and drinks with women he slept with, uh, such as a ski trip to Lake Tahoe, Uber rides to and from women's homes. And beer and nachos at concerts. Sounds like a nice bus. life. Yeah, oh, right? yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Hunter's wife, Megan, who he publicly blamed for all this, threw under the bus. Um, not the busing. Right. Trump's like, what's the problem with buses? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> threw under the bus. I like buses. People. That's how you get to school. <laughs> Uh, So Megan has withdrawn her not guilty plea and has agreed to cooperate fully with prosecutors. And it appears she shared text messages between the two of them in which they discussed using campaign funds on personal shit with the prosecution. And we all know Amar Kampanajar is running against Duncan Hunter in California's 50th district right next door to us in El Cajon. So please, please donate to his campaign. Hunter's trial is set to begin in September. He will lose. Put some beans on it.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. I just moved from El Cajon, basically. Yeah. Good. Like, Good job. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea he was my <laughs> person that whole time. Yeah. I felt weird vibes out there. It's probably what it is. It
3: probably was. Yeah. Very you felt weird. like a gross crimey vibe. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Sticky in the air. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. El Cajon is. It, it means the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it but literally the box, but it's supposed to. It feels like a hot box. It's supposed to mean the coffin uh, in reference to. uh... So if you see the signs that say El Cajun, that's what El Cajon is. Um, (laughs) Welcome to our state. Also, Michael Flynn was back in court this week with his brand new crackpot washed up Tommy Lahren and sad about it. Lawyer Sidney Powell. If you'll recall, she's the Fox pundit who created CreepsOnAMission.com, and that's all about the corrupty, hoaxy witch hunter Robert Mueller. Uh, She publicly called for Trump to pardon Flynn, and uh, when he hired her, we all thought for sure uh, he was going to withdraw his guilty plea, right? He was going to bust his plea agreement and plead not guilty. But in a hearing this week, that did not happen. Instead, Powell and Flynn confirmed that he would be testifying in the upcoming trial of Flynn's lobbying partner, Bijan Kian. But Sidney Powell asked for 90 days to read into Flynn's case. Judge Sullivan, who at one time asked Mueller's team if they'd consider charging Flynn with treason and encouraged him to continue cooperating if he were to expect no jail time, as Mueller recommended... Uh, didn't grant 90 days. Sullivan did not give her 90 days, gave her 60 instead, with the express confirmation that Flynn would be continuing to assist in the Bijan Keon trial. But Powell made an odd request to the court. She asked for a security clearance for her review of Flynn's case. But the prosecution, Brandon Van Grack, in this case, who was a member of Mueller's team and now heads up the new FARA enforcement unit at the Department of Justice, he told the judge that nothing they've provided requires a security clearance. And it's still unclear why she requested one, unless she's looking to get her hands on what We consider potential FISA warrants covering those conversations between Kislyak and Flynn and potential additional conversations that haven't even been publicly reported. Uh, If you remember last month, Sullivan ordered the release of those transcripts along with the release of the voicemail with, you know, from Dowd uh, to Flynn's lawyer where he dangled a pardon and threatened him, witness tampering. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But after prosecutors in the Department of Justice objected to releasing those transcripts, he conceded, Sullivan conceded, and the government still has not publicly acknowledged those conversations even exist. In fact, in one of uh, Flynn's pleading documents or sentencing memos, I can't remember, uh, Flynn told Mueller's team, you probably have them all on, you probably have all the recordings of these calls anyhow, but the government redacted that statement. Hmm. So... Weird. Yeah. Um, When asked why she needed the clearance when there were no classified documents supplied by the prosecution, Powell said that's with regards to what they produced. There is other information. (laughs) Uh, Some experts opine she's looking for information to secure a pardon from Trump. She's looking for dirt. She's looking for, you know, whatever.
2: lead his charge. Yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, typically defense lawyers need a government agency to sponsor them to get a clearance and then the FBI conducts the background check. Uh, Sullivan told Powell in the case that a classified security officer would assist her in her request. And I can't wait for her background check information to be foiled by journalists or leaked (laughs) to the public. Uh, We should get another update at the end of August. That's the 60 days. And Keon's trial begins mid-July. Keon, if you remember, asked for a delay until fall because of his daughter's wedding. And instead, the judge moved it up (laughs) to before the wedding. (laughs) I thought that was crafty. Uh, This week, Axios somehow got a hold of vetting dossiers for potential Trump administration jobs from the Trump transition team. Uh, So before Christopher Steele. The term dossier referred to a packet of information on a person that could be used for any number of purposes. Mm -hmm. In the hotel industry, we used to have each like every company that would book a block of rooms and have an event had a dossier. Um, With all their pertinent information in the movies, a hitman would receive a dossier on the mark they were going after. So Mm -hmm. here we have a bunch of packets on individuals that were being considered for positions in the White House. And these are pretty hilarious. Uh, For example, one of the concerns for General Petraeus as defense secretary or national security advisor is that he opposes torture. That was a bad thing for the Trump administration. Yeah,
2: I guess so. They're like, this guy's
3: great. I mean, he cheats on his wife. He leaks secrets to the, you know, to the journalist. But uh, he opposes torture. Nope. Eh. Deal breaker for the White House. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and then Nazi Fox Laura Ingram, who was being considered for press secretary—that's Smokey Eyes' job right now. She, she's leaving today, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she's today had a is her, her last day. With yeah. her with her chins held high, as oh. as many people on Twitter have said. Damn. I'm not. That's not my chin You're shaming. Just passing no. along the word. I'm just passing along the word. Retweets
0: are not endorsements. Because I, yeah, <laughs> retweets are not, repods These are not, are not, not pods. Our
3: own. Yeah, because yeah, I I myself uh, have some chin issues. So. Oh God, me too uh that's just uh this is literally simply just smoky eye shaming um anyway she had said people should wear diapers instead of sharing bathrooms with transgender people oh my god so it's nice to know the administration thought that was a bad statement at least
2: yeah sure yeah but just hearing it (laughs)
3: and uh voter fraud furor chris kobach who was being considered for um department of homeland security secretary showed one of his vulnerabilities was white supremacy (laughs)
0: Okay, like one of your, like, weaknesses in an interview, you know? (laughs) Skills, hobbies. Yeah, that'd be a great answer to a job interview in person. (laughs) Where do you see your strengths and weaknesses? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm really hard worker, but I am a white supremacist. That's yeah, your you know, biggest strength? Five-year ethnic cleansing plan, you know. Headlocks. <laughs> uh, and,
3: yeah, and that he has ties to white supremacy groups. So that was one of the issues they were worried about uh, when they wanted to vet him. Sonny Perdue, who was being considered for the agriculture secretary, owned Houston Fertilizer and Grain, which had received hefty contracts from the Department of Agriculture. And then they vetted this guy Puzder for lab- labor secretary. Puzder, not puzzler, puzzder. <laughs> it's like a misfood, mifsud situation. Right, right. And uh, he was uh, up for labor secretary, but somehow he missed, they missed his domestic violence problem. Oops. Oh, yeah. uh, And, you know, recently we learned about Shanahan, who was the acting sec def, uh, secretary of defense, who was also embroiled in domestic viola- violence issues because his wife was arrested for punching him in the face mm-hmm. and his son was in trouble for beating his mom with a baseball bat.
2: Wow. So, you know, I'm starting to think it's not just about Trump feeling comfortable around other criminals. I think he just wants people that are equally vulnerable, right? Oh, yeah blackmailable it's kind of their whole jam he's in it they're in it yeah
3: i'm surprised these vetting documents didn't have a section on blackmailable shit right Mm uh in fact well that might just be what those entire documents were Mm.
0: (laughs) but yeah we're assuming the white supremacy thing was negative i think it does say that it's negative but it very well could be a positive on some sort of like black market document right like a wink wink and a (laughs) nod like here's just everything you need to know yeah right right. Um, and for laura ingram too i was thinking this i bet the reason they flagged her for that wasn't because the anti-transgender comment wasn't because, you know, this is bad to be transphobic. It was probably because they knew they were going to roll back transgender rights, and that coming from a like a press secretary who yeah, if openly we're gonna, is already if we're going to fuck the transgender
3: people. Yeah, we over got, we can't have somebody openly field. anti-transgender. Yeah, either that or they didn't want to offend babies who wear diapers. Um, yeah.
2: Right. Probably that because they don't seem to give a fuck about being obvious. They do that all the time now. So, yeah, yeah that's probably the point. diapers thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who who? knows but it's it's interesting to know that about that she said that i didn't know she ever said that so that was news to me
0: she had a great track record mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, remember mm-hmm. that remember that whole thing on twitter with her doing like the heil hitler salute yeah. is, that was great Classic. every and now
3: every time a left-leaning uh, news organization does a story on her they use that photo yeah blue dress course. heil hitler
2: Good. Oh,
0: there yeah. you go you did that to yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> her renaissance painting will be that. <laughs> That's her, yeah, that's her uh, employee of the month photo. Definitely. <laughs> um,
3: no. I bet they do that in the White House because they serve fast food, so they must have an employee of the month, oh, right? yeah. Uh, so then
0: <laughs> this week. That's just someone with duct tape over their mouth and like a scared look at their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
3: Uh, raw story, guys. Raw story, I love. God bless you. Uh, what? God bless you? I never said that. <laughs> uh, but Raw story ran a headline this week saying bar Bill Barr kills seven Mueller investigations 10 days after he released his report. And no. I cover that with former U.S. Attorney Harry Litman in the interview a bit later, so stick around for that. You're going to want to hear that. And in case you were wondering what that headline means, we break it all down for you. So you definitely want to stick around for that. And a federal judge ruled this week that one of the emoluments lawsuits against Trump will be allowed to move forward. This is a case filed by 213 congressional Democrats. Judge Emmett Sullivan, <clears throat> that's Flynn's judge, denied a motion for the Department of Justice for an appeals court to review his previous rulings that the lawsuit can advance. Trump argues that members of Congress do not have the power power to sue the president uh and that the case must be dismissed and they claimed that if the appeals court agreed with their bullshit definition of the emoluments clause the complaint could be significantly narrowed well sullivan wrote that trump failed to meet his burden of establishing that an immediate appeal from the order may material advance materially advance the ultimate termination of the litigation in other words trump's bullshit definition of the emoluments clause won't stand up in court that's basically what he's saying nice. uh won't it won't Uh, face appeal very well if you will Uh, This lawsuit was first filed in 2017 alleging Trump was in violation of the Constitution by continuing to profit from foreign businesses while being president. Department of Justice actually argued that Trump needs to be receiving profits directly from foreign governments in explicit exchange for policy in order to violate the Emoluments Clause. That's actually the criminal definition of conspiracy. Um, Everyone with a brain knows that emoluments has a much broader definition and doesn't require an explicit squid pro quo, which is what we call quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. The emolument, I can't believe I just said that correctly yeah
2: i always Uh, imagine it's like when you're trading a squid for a crow that's in my head (laughs) it's like a barter situation you just hand one get the other i got a squid you got a crow (laughs) you got the squid yeah (laughs) opens (laughs)
3: up a trench coat shows him the crow (laughs) toss it over That would be
2: a very strange trade. It would, yeah. But who knows? You, you don't know what you need until so you need it's it. Yeah, throat
3: in the bottom of a parking garage. Oh, I yeah. just have trading places in my head. You got that crop report?
0: Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I need this crow. Open. I gotta get more squids. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I gotta get more squids. It's in high demand. <laughs> what
3: is the common denominator for squids and crows? I don't know, but Trump sure does. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, I, I guys. The emoluments clause requires congressional approval of any gifts the president gets from foreign governments. So Trump's argument that Congress has no power is the most moronic argument I've ever heard, because the Constitution says it's congressional's—it's the congressional uh, approval that is required. Uh, to get around the emoluments clause or to be in compliance with it. Sullivan also ordered an abbreviated schedule for filings, meaning shut up, um, <laughs> and that he could be prepared to rule in about six months, which puts us smack dab in the middle of election season. Wow. So put some beans on it. Mm-hmm. And the Austrian Supreme Court has determined that Ukraine oligarch Dmitry Fertash, who is linked to Paul Manafort, can be extradited to Chicago on bribery charges. Earlier, I think on June 21st, um, the you know, Tasha's lawyers put in for a, a motion to dismiss. It was denied. Uh, the country's justice minister, a minister, Austria's justice minister, will make the final decision. Um, Not only is this important to Ukraine, which has struggled to hold corrupt and wealthy individuals accountable, but this could lead to questioning from our FBI that could shed light on the funneling of Russian mob money into real estate, including Trump real estate. And uh, he could, Fertosh, could provide new revelations on Manafort. Leaked cables from 2010 show Fertosh is associated with uh, Mogilevich, and he was partners with Laya and that's the guy who paid Sam Patton $50,000 for a ticket to the Trump inaugural and was one of the people who received polling data from Manafort. Yeah, that's juicy. Mm Mm-hmm. Little connections. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why you listen to Mueller, she wrote, for all these little dots. (laughs) Sam Patton, as we know, was charged and pled guilty, pleaded guilty, sorry, to funneling money to the Trump inaugural. Lanny Davis, which is Cohen's lawyer is representing for Tosh, Not Larry Davis, although that would be a great person to play. Larry in David? SNL. Larry David, there we go. And he's like in court, like, my balls are showing, or whatever the fuck happens in that show.
0: I don't know. Everything goes wrong, that can go wrong. Does Murphy walk constantly?
3: Larry David. That's great. Representing Tosh
0: and Coen. Your emoluments. Yeah, curb your bribery there's like go. asking him to scoot over at the bench just like can you just yeah you it's scoot over? really nice <laughs> i don't understand why do you have to be right here
3: yeah, wait right on me just a little bit just go over there just plead guilty <laughs> just Come say on. it <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh we gotta do an episode um <clears throat> anyway yeah lanny davis is representing for tosh he had to register under farah to be able to to do oh. so so Okay. Interesting. And we've talked about this for a long time, that Fertosh and um, uh, Mogilevich are tied together, and that's how Lanny Davis is, is tied to Mogilevich, and they're all just so mobbed up. Mm-hmm. Um and speaking of Manifuck, by the way, he was arraigned this week in New York in the state court, and he pleaded not guilty to 16 counts of state mortgage fraud, tax fraud, and conspiracy. His lawyer's planned defense has to do with New York's double jeopardy protections, but I don't think those apply, and I'm going to talk to Harry Littman about that later in the interview, uh, as well as how he possibly got a pass on having to stay at Rikers during his trial. Uh, his next hearing is scheduled for October 9th, so we'll keep you posted and check out the interview in a little bit. Okay, so this week, uh, amid reports of the horrific conditions at the border in concentration camps the acting head of u.s customs and border protection john sanders resigned his post effective july 5th pretty much immediately and trump has tapped mark morgan a former obama official and proponent of the wall to head the agency mark mark morgan is the current acting head of ice they're all acting by the way Mm -hmm. acting yeah um, he is the guy known for saying on fox news that he could look into the eyes of a migrant child and tell their future ms13 gang members yeah racist you know at least a little bit and that's the guy who will oversee the detention of thousands of migrant children who are being held in deplorable conditions for extended periods of time. And Nancy Pelosi lost control of her caucus as the house was unable to add protections for these children in her, in their border aid bill. And, um, they passed the Senate's version instead. Centrist House Democrats were not willing to cut ICE funding by $8 million in exchange for soap, food, beds, and restrictions on how long children can be held under under what conditions. They wanted to cap it at 90 days, but Flores, the law says 72 hours is the max. So 90 days they weren't even cool with, um, the, the Republicans. So this right. is a loss for Democrats. And the situation at the border worsens, and now Trump is pivoting, saying this untenable situation is what he meant by there being a crisis at the border. And uh, blames Democrats for not closing asylum law loopholes instead of his own Department of Justice's self-proclaimed, you know, deterrent, zero-tolerance policy on family separation. Mm Mm-hmm. So everybody, please head to LightsForLiberty.org to attend or host an event July 12th for a nationwide rally and vigil to close the camps and reunite the families and release the kids. Absolutely. So. And I just wanted
2: to add that if Trump in his brain thinks that the crisis is the caravan, because maybe that's what he's probably thinking in terms of like this being a problem. It's the root of the caravan is what's
3: happening in all those countries. And I feel like he refuses to address that. He he totally does. He's yeah. actually stripped funding for the Triangle, Southern wow. Triangle. So that's a big problem and it's it is the root cause and it's only going to get worse mm-hmm. um we got some huge huge Mueller news this week i'm going to cover that in hot notes uh and this week the nra terminated production of nra tv boo <laughs> i'm so sad and it has split with its advertising firm ackerman mcqueen which employed dana loesch and operated the nra's live broadcast she was a host on one of the stupid shows right uh the nra's ceo wayne lapierre Said in a statement, many members expressed concern about the messaging on NRA TV becoming too far removed from our core mission. Uh, this comes <laughs> as the New York AG has investigated and issued subpoenas into NRA's tax-exempt status and reports of questionable payments by the NRA, which is chartered in New York State. That's where the NRA is, like... That's its roots. Yeah. Weird. Their headquarters. Yeah. Interesting. And we know that uh, Oliver North stepped down as president from the NRA to form a committee to examine LaPierre's financial mismanagement, which has left the NRA $10 million in the red. Yay. (laughs) Uh, We will happily continue to follow the death of the NRA as it happens. Oh, yes. We'll be celebrating the whole time. Uh, and Kellyanne Conway, Ann Coulter's Dorian Gray. She cannot seem to not violate the Hatch Act uh, and was subpoenaed this week by the House Oversight Committee after she failed to appear at a hearing to answer questions about her criming. The White House blocked her from appearing, uh, so the oversight panel voted to authorize Cummings to issue the subpoena. This was all in response to the official special counsel issue or the official, the Office of Special Counsel, which is not Mueller. It's its own thing. Um, run by a Trump appointee. They issued a report citing Conway for multiple violations of the Hatch Act, which prohibits executive branch employees from participating in political speech while performing their official duties. Kerner, who leads the Office of Special Counsel and, like I said, was appointed by Trump, described Conway as a repeat offender of the Hatch Act and recommended that Trump fire her. The Hatch Act has no punishment other than removal, and uh, so there's no mechanism for punishment. Uh, And that decision is up to the boss. So I'm not sure where they're going with this um they can't enforce it um but you know trump continues to say he won't fire conway so right just one more thing to add to the pile
0: I'm surprised he doesn't just let her go and testify and then have them find that she definitely was violating the Hatch Act and then he just throws it in their face that nothing's going to happen. I feel like that'd be more fun for him that way if I mean, he let yeah. it get close. The only
3: thing I could think of is it might be a, uh, an abuse of power that you could add to an article of impeachment. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. you know, throw, just keep adding that, and make the articles of impeachment, have be like 800 of them.
2: Yeah, and their lies are obstructions of justice, if I had to guess, right? Like, just when they lie about the Mueller report. Or, and... Yeah,
3: or at least maybe telling her not to go speak to Congress, that could be obstruction. For sure. I would think so. Yeah. But I don't know what justice they're obstructing when it's his decision as to whether or not they he's fire not her. He's
2: not justice, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But he's in charge of whether she, or not she yeah. gets removed. That's yeah. the big conundrum
0: there. And the Hatch Act is one of those things that's not like a criminal crime that's prosecutable by jail time or anything.
3: Right. It's a law. Yeah. But the only recourse is removal. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is up to the boss. Mm-hmm. So. Boss uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> The Supreme Court this week handed down two major decisions, the first one blocking the citizenship question from being added to the 2020 census, which was designed by the Grand Wizard of Gerrymandering, Thomas Hofeller, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> Huff, <Huffeller>? <laughs> to help Republicans draw lines around Latinx voters to purposefully disenfranchise them. He said that with his mouth
2: mm-hmm.
3: or with his pen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we weren't more than two minutes into celebrating this decision when Kavanaugh blew it all up by voting to remove the federal courts from stopping gerrymandering. Uh, When states draw their districts. And this is a huge decision with massive ramifications. And it's a giant loss for Democrats in states such as North Carolina, where the lines are drawn in such a way that even though 50 percent of voters voted Democrat and 50 percent voted Republican, the Democrats got three seats and the Republicans got 10. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, And this is happening in Wisconsin is like this, too. This is happening in states all over that are run by Republicans.
2: And then is there anything we can do to reverse that? Maybe adding other Supreme Court justices? Because I've heard they've done that before, right? Apparently they've added supreme court yeah we have to past.
3: win the presidency first
2: yeah okay cool but there mm-hmm. is a way it's not fucked forever probably
3: um if it's fucked elect. for 2020 okay wait no i think it happens after 2020 well, i think then... it goes into effect after 2020 i think that's why Maddow was saying everybody run now yeah mm-hmm. everybody get as many democrats to win in the blue wave in 2020 as you can so mm-hmm. that you can because the way to stop it is to get democrats at least to have one of the three branches of state government so that they can prevent those lines from being drawn very nice that, uh, that, I think, is the way. OK. Or impeach Kavanaugh or, yes, add three Supreme Court justices mm-hmm. to to the thing. But it would have to come back up again. And once a Supreme Court decision has been handed down, it's hard to go against it unless it's Roe v. Wade and you're Kavanaugh.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, I think it's uh, vitally important here to point out that Justice Kennedy uh, had indicated he would probably vote against gerrymandering before his odd and abrupt retirement. Kavanaugh, who replaced him and clerked for him, voted the other way this week. And we would be stupid not to investigate the retirement of Kennedy, especially since his son worked for Deutsche Bank when it lent Trump over a billion dollars when no American bank would. And don't forget that Trump is desperately trying to block anyone from seeing his Deutsche Bank finances. In fact, he prioritized the appointment of his personal tax consultant as the IRS general counsel over the confirmation of Bill Barr, <laughs> indicating he's more worried about us learning what's in his taxes and in his Deutsche Bank records than he is about learning what was in the Mueller report, mm-hmm. uh, us learning what was in the Mueller report. And during the entire Kavanaugh confirmation, I kept asking, why, you remember, I was like, why doesn't he just pull him in the face of this sexual assault allegation? Just pull him. And his unhinged, his unhinged performance is terrible. Uh, you could pick one of the ladies off of the Federalist list, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't. Kept him there, uh, fought for him, and had McGann hold his hand through the whole thing. <laughs> and the Kavanaugh's uh, debts and mortgages were mysteriously paid off. And how can we forget that video of Justice Kennedy and Trump where Trump says something to Kennedy, Kennedy stops, whips his head around, and reprimands Trump, shaking his finger at him, and then Trump waves him off. Eh.
2: Yeah, he stopped dead in his tracks. That and, was weird. Yeah, and
3: he just walks away. Eh. Uh, you want my super space beans? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Leonard Leo, he's the head of the Federalist Society, worked with McConnell, who blocked Merrick Garland. And he worked with McGann, who personally was responsible for ushering in Kavanaugh's nomination. They all worked together to ensure Kennedy's retirement by offering his Deutsche Bank son some clemency all to allow gerrymandering and to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I bet that video, in that video of Trump and Kennedy, I bet Trump said to Kennedy, I'll get your son off the hook, which prompted Kennedy to turn around and say, don't fucking say that in public. Don't ever say those words out loud. Wow. Uh, It's like lip reading, like those YouTube videos. I didn't even lip read. I'm just guessing. It's it's like uh, one of
0: those boyfriends that, like, touches you way too much in public, and it's like, dude, get your hand off my ass, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: And then Cohen probably... later. And then Cohen probably paid off Kavanaugh's debts for him for having to go through the whole rape allegation hearing. Uh, Someone needs to investigate this, quid pro quo, and plumb the depths of the corruption of Kavanaugh's appointment to SCOTUS because I think that there's something to this. I don't think that this is crazy two tinfoil space beans. This is weird. Uh, Weird. It's really, it's just weird. Yeah. Talk about refried beans. Those definitely have to be readdressed. We'll refry those. (laughs) This week, Stone's lawyers filed an 11-page response to Judge Judge Jackson's order to explain how he didn't violate his gag order. It's hilarious, and Jordan has that for us in Hot Notes. It's really entertaining. Mm -hmm. And Trump is overseas at the G20 summit. He's already stepped in it twice with Putin. First, when they were both uh, complaining about the fake news in their countries, and Trump told Putin to just get rid of them regarding the journalists. And this was on the anniversary of the shooting uh, at the Capitol Gazette. And as Trump refuses to comply also with the Magnitsky Act rules it require him to respond to the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Then when a reporter asked Trump if he'd ask Russia to stop meddling in our elections, Trump smiled, uh, turned to Putin, laughed and said, stop meddling in our elections and then turned back to the reporter. Um, this all comes down to what Jimmy Carter said this week in Leesburg, Virginia. He said, quote, there's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in our election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, I think if fully investigated would show Trump actually did not win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put in office because of Russian interference on his behalf. When asked if Carter believed that Trump is an illegitimate president, he sat there for a minute and then said... Uh, based on what I just said, which I can't retract,
0: <laughs> and then
3: everyone laughed.
0: Uh, which there is... I can't retract.
3: <laughs> there is no doubt uh, the Russians tried to help elect Trump, and Trump is extremely sensitive on the legitimacy of his election, and that makes him compromised and unable to protect our democracy from future attacks. Yeah. And milkshake Matt Gates is now under investigation by the House, uh, House Ethics Committee for an attempt—he probably didn't even know it existed— <laughs> the Health health Ethics Committee, for attempting to intimidate Michael Cohen ahead of his congressional testimony earlier this year. Gates had declined the committee's request to appear before them in May, and uh, they had told Gates that they wouldn't be able to resolve the ethics complaint against him without his testimony. Uh, Per the committee rules, if Gates did not appear by June 24th, they would be required to open an investigative subcommittee to review the allegations. Gates said Friday... Uh, if members of Congress want to spend their time psychoanalyzing my tweets, it's certainly their prerogative. I won't be joining them in that endeavor. Okay. Uh, the, the tweet that caused all this and also forced the Florida Bar Association to investigate him read, quote, Hey, Michael Cohen, 212, <laughs> do your wife and father-in-law know about your girlfriends? Maybe tonight would be a good time for that chat. I wonder if she'll remain faithful when you're in prison. She's about to learn a lot. And the real threat here, I think, is mentioning Cohen's father-in-law, who's a mobbed up crimer himself, right? When accused of witness tampering, Gates defended his tweet saying, quote, we're witness testing, not witness tampering.
2: What the hell? It's like alternative facts or
3: something. There's... And we?
2: Yeah, who is You get this? a mouse in your pocket? Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> who are you talking about, we? You and Trump? Hmm. Mm. Oh, mm. someone maybe in French. Is that medium salsa? We? Oui? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from.
2: What does we mean again? Yeah, we. It's like I think it means yes. No. Oh, in French? Yeah, yes. yeah, okay, oh, okay, yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I like I, I think it means us. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but Gates later apologized and deleted the tweet, um, saying it wasn't intended as a threat. We at Muller, she wrote, wish the worst of luck to Matt Gates. <laughs> in his endeavor definitely officially <laughs> <laughs> also thursday prior to the debate don trump jr retweeted a racist tweet about kamala harris questioning her nationality effectively re-enlisting a new form of birtherism he quickly deleted the tweet and julisa has more about that along with some debate coverage in the hot yep. notes and a last minute bit of justice The neo-Nazi who mowed down 36 people and killing Heather Heyer at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville nearly two years ago was sentenced to life in prison today for 20, sorry, yesterday for 29 federal hate crimes, I believe. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because fuck him. And I hope he rots there. I just have one piece of advice for him. When you're in prison, walk in the yard and you can't decide if you want to hang out on the courts or by the weights. Just remember, there's good people on both sides. (laughs) I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, guys, we'll be right back with hot notes. Hey guys, this is AG from Mueller. She wrote, "We're excited to announce we will be launching our new daily news pod, The Daily Beans, this July 22nd for your morning commute. The Daily Beans is a progressive, women-run news pod that will run about 30 minutes, so you can get all your news from the hosts of the Webby Award-winning Mueller. She wrote. In addition, patrons will get ad-free episodes and access to our studio webcams. You'll also we're dressed. You'll also get our newsletter, our out, our research notes." access to live show pre-sale and special events and really great thank you gifts all for as little as three bucks a month to sign up head to patreon.com slash muller she wrote today all patrons of muller she wrote will become patrons of the daily beans and at any level any subscription level you will get all those uh things there that i mentioned with the cameras and the, the newsletter and the uh at free daily beans episodes and guys patrons help us pay well above minimum wage and provide health benefits to our employees even the part-time ones daily beans will keep you up to date on election coverage social justice issues and the important stories affecting us all follow us on twitter at daily beans pod sign up to become a patron and look for it july 22nd continue to join us sunday nights for muller she wrote and thursday nights for our page-by-page special coverage of the muller report you'll be glad you did All right, welcome back. For some Hot notes.
5: For
3: All right, guys, welcome to Hot Notes today. Jordan has some information on Roger Stone. It's really hilarious. But first, Chalisa, Bertha is a new. And some dumb debate highlights. What do you have for us? Oh yeah.
2: So today we learned from the New York Times that birtherism is back. It all started when Don Trump Jr. retweeted a post falsely claiming that Kamala Harris is not black enough to discuss the struggle of African Americans. And the tweet from some right wing troll. But
3: Trump Trump Jr. is definitely black enough to decide who's black enough. I guess so. I <laughs> guess that's the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Well, Retweets
0: are not endorsements. <laughs> sure.
3: <That's> good point. <laughs>
2: The tweet was from some right-wing troll, and the quote was, Kamala Harris is implying she is descended from African black slaves. She's not. She comes from Jamaican slave owners. That's fine. She's not an American black, period. And that was just one of them. I saw some others where it seemed like it Wait, was supposed what? to— what? I know. Also, what? Uh, but there were some that were claiming it
0: was from— other black people saying, I'm sorry
3: I'm only gonna vote for African black slave <laughs> descendants not yes. Jamaican black slave descendants
0: <laughs> yeah they're also saying I'm only gonna vote it sounds more like they only want to vote for indigenous black people yeah <laughs> which it's are very like, not not <laughs> an American not, black. Not, yeah,
3: yeah. What?
0: I'm, I'm so confused what?
3: yeah <laughs> no, there's like 18 things in there I just don't oh, even understand For sure,
2: we, we could talk grammatical issues with this tweet all day <laughs> the main point is that Trump Jr. tweeted this out to his millions of followers with the caption wow is this true And then, yes, he did delete the message claiming that it had all been a simple misunderstanding. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. First of all, birtherism is not a simple misunderstanding. It's almost like wishful thinking for racists, right? I feel like they just want to believe that this person wasn't born here. You know, or it's just a campaign to stop black people from mobilizing, you know, try to get us to split each other up, you know. And then I feel like this is the same thing that happened to Obama, right? Exactly the same thing. And it didn't work then. So it's not going to work now. Yeah. And also... I guess the, the only d-
3: difference is where Obama was born, not where his ancestors were born. Yeah, yes. yeah.
2: And the good news about all this is Harris's campaign already raised $2 million just 24 hours after the debate. So this must be what
3: really has... It's from the Jamaicans.
2: Yeah, yeah. The Jamaicans all donated whatever their money or currency is. Uh, I'm assuming this is what has Republicans shook, Right. And for those that don't know, Kamala is a biracial daughter of a Jamaican father and Indian mother, but she is absolutely an American citizen. Apparently, she's faced questions about her race all throughout her career as a prosecutor and senator. And in one interview, she referred to herself simply as an American. She said, quote, I am who I am. I'm good with it. You might need to figure it out, but I'm fine with it. And furthermore, on Thursday, Kamala said, quote, growing up, my sister and I had to deal with the neighbor whose parents told her she couldn't play with us because we were black. So she does also identify as black, and she directly called out Biden's previous position on segregation as hurtful, and she confronted him for once opposing busing black students to schools to better integrate them. She said, quote, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day, and that little girl was me. And then she dropped the mic and walked off stage. <laughs> Kidding, of course. But she did crush the debate. And just to give you guys a recap on the rest of the candidates who didn't really get as much of a, I guess, takeaway as, as Kamala. Warren did dominate the first night, like uh, Hermione from Harry Potter. <laughs> she had a, a progressive plan and answer for everything. Some people were tweeting that calling it Granger danger.
3: (laughs) But come on, it's not dangerous unless you're Trump. Yeah, yeah, it is cute. I guess dangerous if you raise your hand too fast and hit someone.
2: There you go. Yes, yes, that makes sense. And all the candidates from that night explained how they would take on Turtle Dick Mitch. And they also agreed that climate change in China are the biggest threats to America right now. Um, Unfortunately, the mics messed up halfway through the first debate. So I guess Democrats can't tech either. And of course, Trump tweeted that the debate was, quote, boring. The second night had a ton of Spanish. <laughs> Cory Booker seemed upset that Bayo beat him to the punch. Castro focused on decriminalizing illegal immigrants. Booker preached about how thoughts and prayers are not enough to solve gun violence. Mayor Pete called out fake religious people, and Bernie was Bernie. <laughs> so, I <think> he was <laughs> yeah. What? Hey,
3: everyone, listen. He, he was he was he so stayed true
2: to himself
0: and you got to
3: love that. He can't ever not be him. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: He's consistent. Mm-hmm. I wonder if do you think they gave them a heads up that they were going to ask questions in Spanish? I don't think oh, they did ask questions in Spanish. Some, yeah, so? Some of them, but I think only to the Spanish speakers. Okay, yeah. Okay. But <clears throat> do you think they gave him like a heads up even? Possibly. Maybe? Yeah. That's Maybe. interesting. Cuz yeah. that's like obviously rhetorical, right? Mm-hmm. Aside like 100% rhetorical yeah
2: I can also see the candidates just deciding on their own to address the you know Spanish people or Latin yeah yeah 100% but yeah it would make sense to also be given the heads up about that kind of thing yeah 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 because it would throw you off in the debates and suddenly switch
0: languages (laughs) or like if you're if you're Castro or something right and then Mm -hmm. I think because I think he was one of the people that the moderators asked a a question question. in Spanish Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then so if like Castro didn't know he's gonna be fine because he actually speaks good Spanish. But then other people that might not speak as good as Spanish feel pressured to step up to the plate. I wonder if that was the situation or if they were aware. Like, hey, just so you know, there's gonna be some Spanish going on tonight. If anyone knows behind the scenes debate gossip, email us. I'm very curious. It's so interesting and it's really cool. Aside from its like sort of cringy nature at times, Mm -hmm. I think it was like it's a very good sign that that is something that they're trying to integrate, basically, and show you know, an understanding of, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, but I
2: think it's really cool that they are. Concur.
3: And I think Inslee yeah. was even like, yeah, Trump's trying to send migrants to sanctuary cities and, and thinking that we'll be upset, but we're really glad because diversity is our strength.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Marianne, I'll just mention her. Cause I did leave out some other candidates that were, you Marianne. know, yeah, forgettable. Oh, Swalwell was, I love know, her. Boring. She's
3: so, she's so somebody actually sent me a question. They said, uh, pick a man and a woman Mm -hmm. from the current Democratic uh, dais candidates for president you have to have a threesome with. One man and one woman. <laughs> and that's who you want to be president and vice president. And I'm like, nope, not even close. Not going to work. Because for the threesome, I would pick Beto and Marianne. Oh. Because Beto is tall and yeah. and hot. i go and with and Marianne Pete just seems Kamala. very soothing.
2: Yeah, yeah. He uh, wouldn't
3: want to fuck me. And she would bring candles and incense and stuff. And I, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, but I would not want either of them to be yeah, president.
2: Yeah. So it's was kind of funny. probably also would want to fuck me. But yeah, this is a cool game. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's it's a, it's like a fuck Mary kill, but for sure. But I don't want
0: to do like that. Bernie's like everybody's getting eating out. Oh yeah, Bernie's orchestrating <laughs> Nobody the wants the orgy in <laughs> <reason. laughs> It's because I'm socialist. Oh man,
2: I do. Appreciate... I want to take
3: everyone's orgasms and give them to everybody else. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> marianne apparently, um there's Republicans that are rallying to donate yeah. to her cause. Yeah, to keep because her on she's the stage. So crazy. Yeah, I
3: don't think she's that crazy. I she's think she's a too... cool person. Like mm-hmm. she seems like a
0: really cool like i don't know human yeah yeah, yeah. the social media backlash certainly has been it's been I- bad. indicative of people thinking she's crazy maybe
2: right well as a president i gotta say she does sound crazy in that you know, capacity but as as a friend i would love to hang out with her dude like, yeah totally. she seems
3: totally awesome and yeah. and i, I appreciate uh, actually i think she married liz taylor uh to somebody and with michael jackson being there she she's been around a while
2: yeah she's very Damn. interesting um And I want to say, okay, I said Swalwell was boring earlier. I I will stand by that as, you know, as he was like... Sure, I guess you see what I'm saying. But he talked about gun control a lot, which I thought was really important. But my problem is that he focused on it so much that I couldn't see past that one issue. It's like mm-hmm. they all talked about gun control, but he seemed to almost only talk about it. And then he took a dig at Biden's age, and I was like, that's kind of sassy. You see that? He- he, it
3: was everything. He was like, pass the torch. I'm younger, and that's why yeah. I'm yeah. better. And it was like, okay, we get it. Right, you know, right. I, that I, was I do to understand. Me, yeah. Even even Buttigieg, who is kind of running on this new generational thing, it's like just let your age speak for itself. For sure. Let your generation speak for itself mm-hmm. and let your ideals speak for itself. You don't have to keep coming in and reminding everyone that you're young. Yeah. Definitely.
0: I do think both of the debates really stuck it to the GOP though because it was not entirely fixated or even really remotely fixated on Trump-Russia which is something that I think everyone was expecting Democrats to really, really, really campaign on mm-hmm. and take this you know, next election as a referendum. They didn't and mention and... Mueller
2: at all really, right? Mm-hmm. Did anyone mention Mueller? I can't recall.
0: Some, a couple people at yeah. least mentioned
3: Russia as a geopolitical sure. threat and and that, but maybe, not even
0: half, like maybe two, people, three, two I or three. Yeah, I know
3: de Blasio de Blasio <laughs> <laughs> is what I call him. Um, he, he was very like Russia because they interfered in our democracy. That was first night, second night. I think two people mentioned maybe three yeah. people mentioned Russia, yeah, but just not to the extent that that but I what actually killed me it. is that they, they, they the moderator specifically asked about how they would deal with China, yeah. and, they and all I, just I mean, I get that, that, that it's bit. an issue with mm-hmm. trade and tariffs and and uh, currency manipulation, but. Are you, are we just afraid to ask about Mueller because we're afraid that that's an identity politic and that the other side is going to be like look yeah all Mueller, Mueller? I think Mueller. so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I, they Sorry, I was just going
2: to say. I guess China is a big threat, but you're saying the more like like right in front of our face threat is Russia, right? Because China or, like owns us, right? At least Putin's just trying to own our of president. Us. Yeah, yeah. Or not like, people, but seven percent of the it. economy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that it was intentional. The benefit of having these debates facilitated by you know media organizations that are generally more sympathetic to our liberal brethren Mm -hmm. and (laughs) sisterlin. i don't know how to make that (laughs) y'all
3: yeah (laughs) that's
0: what i've been saying y'all yeah they get they get to like yeah rhetorically shaped the debate a little bit at least as far as the questions go and so the fact that they didn't ask many questions that were directly related to what is still an incredibly pressing part of our political landscape Mm -hmm. i think was very intentional
3: right they're letting that speak for itself right you gotta
0: keep them separated yeah
3: Mm -hmm. oh Oh, i hate that song um (laughs) and that you know and that's why we have the daily beans coming up and muller she wrote separate because again i i and i agree with this I, i think if the if the election focus is too much on Mueller. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, I think they want to separate just because they're like, witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt. Trump did a very good job at his uh, disinformatia campaign and his reflexive control campaign to hurt the language of collusion and uh, conspiracy Mueller's and name, it's Mueller not, yeah. and, uh, you know, hoax and For witch sure. hunt. He did a very good job with that marketing. It hit, it, it really sunk in to, to his base, to his followers. So, mm-hmm. It makes sense, mm-hmm. um, but I did. I love the debates. I thought they were great. Yeah, um, I'm ready for more of them. Yes, yeah. and we do have more coming up the end of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. Same. Uh, oh, and I found out it's it, it's not double. They did already double the amount of donations that you needed mm-hmm. for the first debates, mm-hmm. and they're keeping it same for the second debates. Yeah,
2: cool. and Sunday is the cutoff. Right tomorrow, when the episode comes. Actually, it's today.
3: Actually, How I think it? so. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I don't I, I that's what I read I yeah. saw a calendar with a thing highlighted on it and it seemed like a, in the Sunday area so yeah, yeah
2: I do believe it is today uh that we are publishing this on but Sunday. my brain yeah.
3: thinks in pictures so for sure yeah anyway like when I think of the end of the week I think it's all the way over on the right
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: and the be- totally. beginning of the month is top left yeah it totally, just yeah. always is oh definitely. definitely yeah
2: yeah but if you want to donate to a candidate um I think you should do it ASAP because yeah, yeah you definitely cut off tonight yeah. yeah you definitely
3: need to uh and i have given to a few i i have my top picks i think that um uh kamala and warren mm-hmm. and buddha yes. judge booker yes totally and in that order <laughs> there was one other um ooh, bernie oh no it's just castro? the five that are gonna make it it's uh, castro I oh, did okay get to these castro. are not
2: your picks because i are mine. like I, okay i was gonna say mm-hmm. that's a great order yeah i agree with yeah. that totally um yeah, you said I, castro was your fifth yeah. Okay, above Bernie. That's the thing, man. Bernie's got all the right issues, but for some reason he just doesn't have the swag anymore. I think the
3: whole <laughs> purpose of Bernie's existence on this planet was to push the Democratic Party to the left so that we are having the correct discussions that we need to be having on the debate stage right now. He gets full credit for that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh it's an it's an amazing feat that he did that he mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. Uh and I love him for doing it. Mm-hmm. But I really think you know, if Elizabeth Warren has the same exact policies and she's got more detailed plans to get there, uh, why? Why would you not vote for Warren? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I've already pledged my vote to whoever women of color are backing in the primary, and I'm mm-hmm. going to vote for whoever wins the fucking <laughs> primary and the, yeah. whatever Democrat wins. So, but I I do love to talk about this, and I do love to see. But I do think that our those are going to be our top six
2: for sure. And I think the black community, like maybe there are some people who do think that Kamala put away too many people in jail and I feel like that's her only or her biggest obstacle there but I think she would be the best candidate to rally
3: but I think Jordan had a really good point yesterday during the Daily Beans which is she came into a corrupt system to try to fix it Mm -hmm. it was shit when she got here yeah the system has always been corrupted with like just systematic racism and social injustice and just such wrong concepts and things and no body cams and police brutality totally and unfair uh, you know applications of laws and she came in like I'm going to try to fix this and she just got beat up trying to do it because you can't just come in and make it all better. No, you have to work um, within it, which is rough. Yeah. It's like being a police officer. It's and gotta, she wanted yeah. to make those changes. Biden did have a good zinger. That was his one zinger when he said, I was a public, public defender. defender, not a prosecutor. Yeah, but
2: that's his only one because she you know, <laughs> yeah, is he was his black. Only one. And she's a really, I think just not being black makes you a good black person. But like clearly she is great with the issue of racial politics. And he is slipping.
3: <laughs> so he is slipping. Uh, yeah. Um, but they were still, and again, all 100 million times better than Trump. And uh, for sure. I will vote for whoever, vote, it
2: is. Dude, no matter even if it's Marianne. I will vote for her. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I will if she gets it.
3: <laughs> yeah, she won't. But she won't. But I mean, Kanye come
0: and put all of his support behind her? Oh no! Unless that's
3: Russia's pick, but I, I'm pretty sure that's Tulsi.
0: I think that. Yeah. I think, oh yeah. There's no Jill Stein. Sorry. No. No. There, no you're you. No. You're, you're right though. Like also
3: Tulsi. Yeah she's.
2: I'm straight worried up. she's
3: going to run green or mm-hmm. run independent. Try to split
2: it. Try to get
3: those votes. Try to get those. All you need is, apparently, is to steal 80,000 votes. I guess so. And then demand a recount, make a bunch of money, and ghost.
2: Yeah, they're going to try every angle, I bet.
3: Yes, and they're very good at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And no one, apparently, feels like they need to call the FBI, so. (laughs) We should call them. Yeah. All right. Hey, do you guys remember? Oh, you know what? Before I get into what I'm going to say, yes. Jordan, yes. I really need to hear, <laughs> uh, because it's your turn now, and uh, yes. that's how things go. Thank uh, you. I was about to just take off with my own I feel you. We're ready to go. I'll make it quick. But you guys, these documents are seriously, almost some of my favorite documents. The ice cube ones were pretty great, <laughs> and then those, uh, the... What were they called? Concord Management's lawyers' court filings mm-hmm. with the I taught, I taught, putty tat, mm-hmm. and fuck. Weird and- references, yeah. Yeah, trolling in court. Those were pretty great too, but these are these are pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So Roger Stone news this week on Thursday, Roger Stone's attorneys responded to prosecutors' accusations that their client, Mister Stone, had violated his gag order again. Uh, they wrote, <laughs> yeah, they wrote an eleven-page-long reply. You can see it very easily it on says, the internet. Says I have no gag reflex. I, I mean, ha- that's what hilarious? <laughs> yeah. Um, And basically their main argument in defense of him was that Stone was clearly within his First Amendment rights when he posted on social media complaining about the unfairness of the press coverage surrounding his case. Basically, that was essentially their main argument. So I'm going to give you some direct quotes here because they are golden. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1st their more, you know, I guess, legitimate sounding argument was that um, the posts that are being looked at are not statements nor do they pose a danger to the fair trial concern which was and is the constitutional raison d'etre of the order raison mm. yeah, it's that's how French. you say it. Yeah, that's from French. Okay, you actually say it French though. I, f- I have a history know. of like a douchebag trying to pronounce things. Like
3: <laughs> I know. Let's just look it up. Actually, that's a good. Send us the correction now. It's probably
0: like raison d'etre or something. I don't fucking either way. Whatever. Their point is that they're saying um, it's not a big deal. Essentially, uh, they also said that the fact that the government's focusing on these posts exhibits a willful blindness to the tens of thousands of hostile to stone articles everyone is so hostile (laughs) to me yes (laughs) hostile to stone articles which have been authored by others about the investigation and stone's case um there's articles animated cartoons comments editorials television and radio programs panels celebrity dark comedy readings of the special counsel report and even a comedic portrayal of roger stone by steve martin which was
3: genius on oh, saturday absolutely. night live
0: which satirically portrayed stone as a caricature of himself they complain about that they're talking about how it's uh, so inconsequential stone's presence on social media as it exists currently whenever he posts things that are bashing the media mainly washington post and the new york times and how they're covering all of his things but not only are they complaining is he complaining about these news organizations he's there's claims that are being made and filings that are actually being made by his attorneys that are trying to argue that the government didn't actually independently verify that russian operatives hacked the dnc in 2016 and then stone posted some things that were sort of related uh to his <laughs> he, he he tweets funny uh no at new york times or at washington post coverage of this development uh the <laughs> development being their claim that the dnc <laughs> hack uh, it was never corroborated that Russian operatives actually did it but it was right mm-hmm. so that winds up getting um, prosecutors then filed a separate document that refutes Stone's claims confirming that it was in fact independently corroborated Uh, and then this is uh, essentially he's basically saying they they say that he's the most minor of participants in all of this and because of that he should be able to say whatever the hell he wants essentially. Oh yeah real minor character in all mm -hmm. this Roger fucking Stone. (laughs) Yeah and it's a really big departure from the last time that he was accused of doing some bullshit on social media when he posted that picture of Amy Berman Jackson with some crosshair hanging out I by remember her head that. yeah no what no bigs. their reaction then was much more apologetic and was, it was across like they were praying like she was holy oh, sure
3: yes.
2: you know when people do things like post uh, pictures of like fake guns to Trump's head or like with uh Kathy Griffin with the thing with the head. Mm-hmm. Granted, much more gruesome than crosshairs. It's still the same message I think, or at least if they're gonna claim that what she did was so crazy, mm-hmm. it's like at least acknowledge how what, what Stone is doing is is a threat.
0: Yeah. What about it, that double standard? yeah Talk about mm-hmm. how Kathy Griffin's whole life got taken away from her when mm-hmm. she posted
3: that. She's back pretty good though. Jeez. Oh hell yeah. Her her hardcore fans. <clears throat> Please stuck be on, on the, the show. Yeah,
0: that's, that's true. true. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: Come say hi. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. We could talk about that in particular.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty much there's you know, Amy Berman Jackson's reaction is yet to be determined. We'll see what she says. Like you said, they had until Thursday to give their explanation as to why on earth she should interpret these actions as anything other than an egregious violation of his gag order. Once again, <laughs> she but- was already so exasperated
3: with him like a month ago. <clears throat> For sure. You know, and she's just got to be like, all right, bring it, asshole. What well, yeah, You got to yeah. say this time. And I, I mean, I think she's just going to put him in jail. I think she's going to. She'll have every reason to. If she
2: didn't before because she was worried... Because we thought she would before. Yeah, yeah. She had a good enough reason then too. But now she has... There's almost no excuse to feel bad about it. Do that shit. Yeah, do it.
0: Yeah.
3: We'll back you, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty.
0: Yeah. And to try to make the argument... His counsel's trying to make the argument that the american public is getting enough images of anti-stone essentially that you know whatever he's doing should just sort of fly under the radar that's basically we're not under a gag order yes steve martin doesn't have a gag order exactly you do
3: exactly it says you can't talk about the case and you talked about the case and then said i wasn't i was just making rhetorical questions yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i can't even imagine that kind of criticizing the media yeah being under a gag order but you're still too privileged to realize that that makes you like you i don't understand
3: it too privileged to realize
0: and just can't shut up yeah yeah you just can't shut up Mm -hmm. especially when one of the things that the entire american public has as an indictment against you is your tendency to attempt to disseminate information that is damaging (laughs) to current processes of justice
3: yeah what are you going to court for think about it
0: exactly he's one of those guys (laughs) that
2: has
3: the right to remain silent but not the ability
0: yeah just like trump
2: yeah
3: totally totally yeah All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, And, man, those debates were good, but that Roger Stone filing made me laugh. Uh, (laughs) Go check it out if you get a chance. Uh, We'll send it out in the newsletter, too, for patrons this week. Uh, All right. Do you guys remember a long time ago? Well, it was like a couple weeks ago when Jerry Nadler from the House Judiciary subpoenaed Bill Barr and the Justice Department for the full unredacted Mueller report and the underlying stuff? Yeah. And then the DOJ said, nah. So Nadler voted in the committee, um, his Judiciary Committee, to hold Barr in contempt. And then he was about to go to the full house, not the show, but the representative, (laughs) uh, to vote uh, to hold him in contempt because yeah, that's yeah. the that's the contempt process do it in mm-hmm. committee you win you take it to the house vote the full house mm-hmm. uh he has since passed a bill saying they don't have to do the full house vote they can go straight to court they haven't used that yet mm-hmm. it's been a couple of weeks maybe they're waiting till after the summer break yeah, I don't yeah. or know. for a fuller house yeah they're <laughs> waiting for a fuller house the new uh, re-release <laughs> Bob Saget improved. is busy oh there you I go I think <laughs> is what the problem is and he needs to be there for the vote yes uh so anyway he was going to go to the full house for the vote of contempt and then barr was like no no hang on we can chat just chill out no need to hold me in contempt <laughs> and then they started these negotiations to to see if they would what, what what they could get right and nadler held the contempt vote in abeyance for you know for the time being um so all that we well they finally reached a deal this week and it sucks um <laughs> basically the department of justice is going to allow three people um they're all house representatives Democrat Demings, Democrat Swalwell, and Republican Ratcliffe Mm. to see all the information. Those three. And the reason it's just those three is because they're the only three that sit on both the House Judiciary and House Intelligence Committees. But there are, of course, strings attached. The rules are so strict, in fact, according to Politico, Demings told Politico, that members of the Intel Committee are prohibited from discussing what they see with members of the Judiciary Committee and vice versa. Uh, there are no further de- further details about it. Like, we don't know if they can take notes or leave with copies. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But we'll, f- we'll see. Keep in mind, Trump's lawyers have seen it all. And they were allowed to take notes and discuss it yeah. before we even saw the report. Totally. So that happened Monday. And then Tuesday, we heard whispers that the House Judiciary and the intel committees were going to... They were like prepping for subpoenas for Robert Mueller. And while we were in studio recording our daily update for patrons, it was announced that Mueller has agreed to testify in public to both the House and intel committees and behind closed doors with staffers from each of those committees all on July 17th. And even though Mueller has said he's reluctant to testify, and even though uh, these were not friendly subpoenas... Uh, This is a really huge deal. We know, uh, yes, that Mueller has said he will not go outside of the four corners of the report and that his report is his testimony. That's it. End of story. But we also know that less than 3% of Americans have read it. And there are many who only get their news from Fox and Bill Barr. Um, Like, remember that lady at the Justin Amash rally was like, I, I didn't even have any idea there was anything bad about Trump in the Mueller report. I yeah. watched Fox News and-, and she seemed like a reasonable person. <laughs> no, it's a good point. But she wasn't a dick, you know. She wasn't like, no, it's Winston Hulk. She literally was like, I literally see? had no idea. Yeah, that's um, all you get. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, she listened to what Bill Barr told her and who, who, as we know, mischaracterized the findings of the report so badly that Mueller didn't only go to paper (laughs) writing letters of his disapproval, multiple letters. We've only seen one. But he spoke publicly about it for nine minutes on the matter. And that's the most he's spoken ever in his entire life, including all of his past lifetimes, according to Marianne (laughs) Williamson. No, I don't know. But uh, to most that seems like no big deal but to Mueller, that's a really big deal
2: exactly and i think the rest of the world will eventually catch up to this potentially after the hearings they'll realize how big of a deal this is but yeah yeah, we've
3: known Mueller. she wrote listeners have known (laughs) this is crazy this is huge yeah so we might find the testimony a little boring and a little disappointing but remember just try to take it in as somebody who's never heard any of this Mm -hmm. before try to take it in like that lady from the amash rally Uh, And Trump, of course, could not keep his mouth shut after the news came out that Mueller would be testifying publicly, and he decided it'd be a good idea to accuse Mueller of a crime without any evidence. So during a press conference on his way to the G20, I think, uh, you know, he doesn't have press conferences. He just yells at reporters (laughs) outside of helicopters.
5: (laughs) Oh, what? I hate you. Okay, bye.
3: Uh, Trump accused Mueller of deleting texts between Strzok and Page. Yeah, terminating them. (laughs) Terminating. Terminate. He aborted them. That's
5: illegal
2: now. (laughs) He
3: was aborted them. It was Missouri. Big (laughs) mistake. Uh, as we all know, it was the FBI that wiped the phones after they left, after Struck and Page left the FBI. And that is routine. I have left many multiple posts in the federal government. and Once you leave, you hand your phone in, they wipe it clean. And we also, before you leave, they do it before you leave because you got to get your fingerprint on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we also know that the inspector general, Horowitz, was able to recover all those texts and, and the Trump's Department of Justice released them to the public.
2: But he's trying to just spin the narrative so that the average Joe will think that <clears throat> Mueller's of shady. Of course. That's all it's about. Just like he said Obama wiretapped him, but nothing came of that. Totally. People just think probably that Obama wiretapped him to this day.
3: The FISA got a pen register on Carter Page after he left the campaign. That's probably what he means by Obama wiretapped Oh, I see. He's Uh, like, how do you know my secrets? (laughs) How do you know I fucking cheated? (laughs) Uh, Well. (laughs) So the inspector general, this is Trump's inspector general, uh, found that Strzok and Page did not violate any records preservation policies with the FBI when they handed their phones over. They didn't delete anything, destroy any evidence or whatever. And he also found out that none of their work product was impacted by any kind of bias. So Mueller removed Strzok from his team once the text came to light to avoid any appearance of conflict, even the slightest appearance. Though he didn't have to do that, but he did because he wants everything to be clean and smooth sailing. And now Trump is directly accusing Mueller of deleting the text messages. And then Jay Sekulow Trump's attorney made a statement this week saying, no, you know, we're not going to do anything to block Mueller's testimony. You're welcome.
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I'm pretty so sure he
3: couldn't if he wanted to. <laughs> and I asked Harry Lippman about that later in the interview. It's really funny. Perfect. So stick around for that. And uh it is not known if Swalwell, Demings, and Ratcliffe will get access to the full tranche of Mueller materials before Mueller testifies, though I'm sure they will, which could explain why it's scheduled for weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So to give, that gives them time to read in on everything and discuss it within their respective committees, but not with each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you have to remember, no pictures, no notes. Uh, <laughs> people are setting up watch parties for July 17th, where Mueller is expected to testify to one committee for about two hours and then the other committee for about two hours back to back. And they're both open. Both public televised. Wow. It's going to be across every channel, all channels. Yeah. And um, and this is important because the only competing voice to Trump is going to be Mueller. No one else has that level of an important of a voice as as Trump does. And all we've heard from him and his attorney general are no collusion, no obstruction. Mm -hmm. I'm exonerated. It's a witch hunt. Uh, No Mm -hmm. do-overs.
2: This will be so powerful, even if people don't realize it in real time, because Trump talks all the time and says nothing, and Mueller just says one or two things, and it's everything. So imagine when he talks for two to four hours. Yeah, he's like the
3: Woody on Cheers,
0: right? (laughs) Doesn't have a lot of lines, but they're always really funny. Yes. I also think that Trump sort of did Mueller and people like us a favor by coming out with some of those tweets saying... Thank you, Mueller. Great guy. Fully exonerated. And so his base has seen snapshots now of Trump having faith in Mm -hmm. Mueller. His supporters, the Bible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even though he obviously backtracks on that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Totally. But hopefully there's going to be some people that are actually his supporters, Trump supporters, that will watch this with some level of trust going into it yeah i'm bad. Betting... he not said those things yeah he yeah and he's also a war hero watch.
3: yeah he's, he, he, a lot of them won't watch right. right but mm-hmm. if it, 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 10 watch yeah it's 10 more than or we have just had. the
2: independents that are on the fence and think that liberals are being too crazy right now it's yes. like no we're not i mean sometimes but not mm-hmm. right now we're
3: being gaslit <laughs> yeah, for one. sure so he's going to do two hours and two hours back to back and then the private staff hearings will take place before the first public testimony and after the second in their respective committees so we'll have that non-stop block of four or five hours of pure unadulterated muller testimony i'm so excited
2: we're watching at UPenn. i don't
3: know yet okay but we will be in philly that day cool. preparing for our show that night at the philly Podfest at the world life cafe and since the announcement tickets have been flying out the door for that it's like blowing my mind so Uh, This happened to us when the Mueller report dropped. We had a show at Largo in Los Angeles. We had sold half the tickets and that day we sold the other half. Um, So I swear we're not coordinating. So calm down, Jim Jordan. (laughs) We're not in cahoots with special counsel on these drops. Um, but I'm hoping Mueller is willing to answer some questions outside the confines of his report. But again, I'm not expecting much and I'll expect he'll answer nothing about ongoing cases or counterintelligence matters. I'm also interested to see how he handles Matt Gates, Louis Gomer, and Jim Jordan, possibly the three stupidest congress- congressmen ever to darken the doorway of Capitol Hill. <laughs> Uh, and I do think that this could be the straw that tips us into a majority of support for opening at least an impeachment inquiry, though probably not until after the summer congressional break. But we'll see. So I want you to watch closely what questions Swalwell, Demings, uh, Swalwell and Demings ask Mueller mm-hmm. and and watch Ratcliffe, too, because normally Republicans are like, you know, you cheated. When did you cheat? Did you do cheat? <laughs> Ratcliffe might have seen that full will have seen that full Mueller report by then it might be like i have no questions that would be <laughs> interesting yeah. maybe he calls in sick you know you don't oh. know but keep an eye on those three and see how they they uh what they Play have to out. say how yeah. that plays out and pay close attention to democratic uh response as it relates to impeachment particularly on the issue of obstruction of justice the public i think we're at 48 percent now are for impeachment in for the Americans, for Americans, uh, that could go up. And then also, I think we're somewhere between 80 and 90 Democrats in the House are for impeachment. That will probably go up, too. And you can put some beans on that. All right, guys, are you ready for sabotage? Yes. Yes. All right, guys, one of Mueller's top prosecutors, Andrew Weissman, has scored a book deal. Yeah. And Whoa. it's one of Trump's lawyer's friends named DeGeneva, who is the first to co- comment on it. Remember this guy, DeGeneva? He offered to represent the New York field office FBI agents, and he was part of that whole leaky shit.
2: I remember his name. Yeah, yeah. They wanted
3: to leak the H. He's got like a wife, DeGeneva, who they're both lawyers. Mm. Uh, and they wanted to leak those HRC emails on the Wiener laptop. That That's the guy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He says that Weissman's testimony will be 10 times more dangerous for Trump than Mueller's. Mm. And it's unclear what will be uncovered in this book. Um Though if Andy McCabe's The Threat is any indicator, he might not, uh, he will not be talking about any open and ongoing investigations. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the FBI will need to vet the book prior to its being published.
2: These books are going to be like, I bet, uh, assigned in college courses someday. I hope so.
3: These are so important. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, no word on when it comes out, but Peter Strzok is also working on a book, so we'll oh, keep our shit. eyes out for that. It's all text messages, just a picture book. Yeah, a picture book and <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. hey text I hate Trump. Everybody sucks. <laughs> fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah. Fuck everyone. Uh, I can... want Weissman to testify publicly to Congress. That's who I want to testify. I love Mueller. You know, I named a podcast after him, but I really want Weissman to yeah, testify. Yeah,
2: Weissman, he has less of those, like, restrictions as a, a person, I guess, right? He, he feels more compelled, maybe, to be a little... More he doesn't re- have he doesn't
3: have any more or less restrictions, um, but he has not come out and said I'm not going to talk about anything that's not in the report. Mm-hmm. He exactly. might answer questions like if Trump were a civilian, would he be a, a crime? Yeah, a crim.er yeah. And Yes, he would be indicted mm-hmm. if he were a civilian. He might be ans- willing to answer those questions. Where I don't think um, that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him testify. Were you going to say something?
0: Yeah, when they're on their press tour, maybe they can come on our show then because they'll yes. they'll I imagine like. Uh, mccabe went on colbert and stuff so yeah and wonderful. he came on and our Gilmore, show i'm pretty sure Hell yeah exactly yes
3: yeah i'm gonna actually reach out to a few people and see if i can't get struck and um um, um, um weissman to yeah. uh, come on our show definitely promote their book that would be really great yeah
0: that'd be awesome
3: all right you guys ready for the fantasy indictment league oh yes. yes i'm
0: gonna be indicted no it is gonna be a indicted. honey dick indicted
5: I'm gonna be excited! Oh they, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm
1: down, I'm gonna be
3: excited! Alright, cool. Jalisa, so you get to go first this time, then Jordan, and then me.
0: So who are you picking this week? I'm gonna go with Brody. Alright. Yes. I'm going um Ooh, goddamn. Tom Barrick. Nice. Mm. I'm going Trump inaugural along those lines. Nice. <laughs> I will do um Eric Prince. Oh, hate good, that good. Guys so much. <laughs> I'm doing uh, Soriano again. Soriano. Oh, yeah, yeah, Soriano. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm. I'm going to do Superceding Stone. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: good.
0: Um, I will do Trump Org.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to do Kushner.
3: Kush, good one. I'm going to go Kevin Downing. I'm concerned about that guy.
0: Yeah, you don't do not- too much.
3: Not, not, like, concerned, concerned for him. as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Concerned
2: about his impact on the world, yeah. Um, I will go with Sherry Dillon. Nice. I'm going to do
0: Rando. Mm. Okay. I'm going to do superseding Manafort. Nice. I will also do a Rando. Okay. And I will do Corsi Plea Deal.
3: Ah, that was my next one. Nice. Do you one more? Do we have? Uh, um, you do.
2: Yes, yes. You do... That's it, though.
3: Okay. I'm going to go with Westling. That's the other one of Manafort's lawyers okay. that could be implicated how in this. How do you spell that one again? West- Westling. Perfect. Like He could be implicated in this whole Kevin Downing, um, you know, you up text messages in the middle of the night okay. sort of uh, gag order retroactive violations. Yeah. So Very nice. Cool. That is how we play the Fantasy Indictment League, guys. It is now time for the interview. You guys, this is really a really such a great interview. I love when Harry Littman comes on. So take a listen. Uh, Joining us today for the interview in studio is former U.S. attorney. He's a law professor at UCSD and UCLA, Washington Post columnist and host of the outstanding Talking Feds podcast. Please welcome Harry Lippman. Professor Lippman, thank you for coming on Mueller She Wrote again.
1: Thank you very much for having me, and please uh, call me Harry. We're, we are fellow San Diegans. So. San Diegoans. San, how do you say it? San Diegoans? <laughs> San
3: Diegans. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a San joke Diego. from uh, Anchorman. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. San Diegoans. San Diegoans. Yeah. A wins, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have a lot that I want to ask you because you are my uh, legal angel here. Um, so because as, as we all know, I am not a lawyer by any means um, or any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I talk a lot about legal things. And I just want to make sure I have everything straight in my head before I form my opinions. I think that's good for everyone to do.
1: And you're, you're counting on me for that, right? Yes. Like, yes. No yeah, pressure. The law. No. The law is that which is plausibly, uh, plausibly asserted and boldly maintained, so I'll- uh, Oh, I, I like that. that. Right. Who said that? I don't know. That's I don't some, know. I didn't make it up, but, Plausibly but asserted, boldly maintained. Boldly maintained, so I'll- I'm into it. Yeah. Ask me anything.
3: I will. All right, so this week, uh, Paul Manafort, as we know, <laughs> yeah. uh, pleaded not guilty to 16 counts of mortgage fraud, tax fraud, and conspiracy in New York State, and his lawyers say that they're going to argue their case based on New York's strict double jeopardy laws, which don't- to me, seem to apply in this case at all, uh, as these are state crimes specifically. I don't think uh, Vance, the Manhattan district attorney, would have even brought these charges if they violated the double jeopardy law. Uh, Can you explain to us uh, why they're going with this defense? Is it maybe it's all they have? Will it work?
1: Yeah. So look, I mean, I think you are half right in terms of it's not uh, applying, but only half right. And will it work? Probably not, but here's the deal. The normal federal constitutional guarantee says you can't be tried twice for the same crime. And what that means, there's a kind of arcane test that has to do with are all the elements the same? Um, now, as you probably know, like the the Supreme Court has ruled and just reaffirmed recently, That when uh, a state tries a uh, same defendant for the same uh, violation on the heels of a federal crime, no double jeopardy problem on the, you know, basically fiction and not very realistic fiction either, that it's just different sovereigns. It's like the feds and, you know, Peru. Um, and that's U.S. v. Gamble. That Gamble yes. has just reaffirmed that idea, the separate sovereign doctrine. So the federal constitution has nothing to say about it, but New York state law does. New York, reacting to this separate sovereign idea, has a law, and the law says, essentially, if it's, if it's what would be double jeopardy uh, other than the sovereign problem, it will be barred here. So under New York law, if it were the same case, uh that would mean they couldn't bring it even though the constitution would would permit them so what's the same case mean it basically means all the elements are the same so here the mortgage fraud that that new york has charged does involve some of the same loans that manafort got tagged for on the federal side but on the federal side it was for bank fraud and other things here it's for mortgage fraud and implicates the kind of uh, mortgage uh, I- interests and integrity of New York State. So he's prob—it's probably a loser because they'll, the New York court would probably find that there is a separate element. So it's not the same crime, even under New York law.
3: Right. It, it wasn't necessarily about. Uh, lying about your financials to get a mortgage fraudulently, which is a federal crime. This was more about saying that your apartment was a uh, residence for a, a, you or a family member, exactly. and then renting it out on Airbnb. Your to- apartment down
1: on Howard Street, uh, right next to where I used to live in New York, and it's now super hip and I'm sure very expensive. Do we own that now? Do we own it? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't own it. Or yeah. We, we're not neighbors with Paul Manafort. But J- Jasper Johns lived down the block at the time. It, I think it's gotten uh, a little more gentrified as as befits uh, Paul Manafort owning it. Now, you know, there's also this wrinkle. I don't know if you want to discuss about the possible change to New York law.
3: Well, that's what I was going to ask you is because I know the New York state legislature passed uh, this law that is going to give an exemption for when a presidential pardon is issued that New York can, in fact... Uh, try same crime, same circumstances, which this isn't the case, though. Right, uh, and so I don't think it's applicable here. But if it were, let's say they did charge Manafort with the exact same, you know, tax fraud and stuff that they charged him federally uh, under this new law, which Cuomo hasn't signed yet, but let's say okay. he signs it, would there be any ex post facto law that would? Blanket cover Manafort from not being allowed to be charged with these crimes since he's already committed them
1: yeah I think the short answer is no I there's been some dispute about this because it, it, it you read in the papers that it carves him out but it doesn't if what car the the triggering event is the actual pardon. So if Trump were to, and I think that's probably why Cuomo's taking his time, everyone thinks Trump, if he would do it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be until, say, near the end of his term. If he does that, the new New York law, if it passes, is triggered, and we're under the same sort of federal regime of saying New York's a separate sovereign, but it's going to be okay. But it's really designed very carefully to go right at this situation that people are worried about Trump himself pardons Manafort or pardons a family member then you have this special New York law once it passes uh, then Manafort would be in the soup again
3: but if uh, Trump pardoned Manafort before Cuomo signed the law then he wouldn't be subject to these things that's
1: right because the triggering event then you know the yeah you got it
3: got it the triggering event is the pardons I wonder if Trump feels any pressure or Manafort's attorneys or feel any pressure for a quick pardon before this law is
1: signed, yeah, I mean it is funny. There's a little game of chicken going on. Cuomo could sign it tomorrow. I think they're assume, and and I don't know why he hasn't. Frankly, he has said that he will. Um, maybe the- he's just stressing him out. <laughs> <laughs> <That> would, <yeah. laughs> like like every day is like gonna sign it, gonna I'm sign, like, like, oh, gonna sign it. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe today is the uh, make, uh, testimonial to the Bronx Zoo. But just um, make him sweat. Right? That's right. But I I think they're assuming that Trump's assuming. That a pardon of this sort with Manafort would have really adverse consequences f- at the election, and he wouldn't do it until after. Of course, so many things that everyone assumes would have adverse consequences for Trump, like the pardon of Arpaio, he does anyway. But, <laughs> but I, I do think the assumption is Manafort's on his uh, own until Trump is you know, on his way out, and then we'll see.
3: Yeah, all right, that's that's interesting too. And and it, I I am assuming it would also cover not just pardons of Trump's family or Manafort for example, but maybe if he tried to self-pardon. Yes. Uh which yes, I don't yes, even, yes. I don't even think is a thing, but yeah. I guess,
1: you know, whatever. We're not no one sure. I you know, my best guess is it is a thing, but especially what if, a thing.
3: Especially if Bill Barr is the attorney general, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. who when asked if it's a thing yeah. right. wouldn't answer. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, and you wrote a piece because this is a weird thing, and I just want to talk briefly about it. this. Yeah. is kind of yesterday's news, but he he was supposed to go to Rikers. Most he people in it, yeah. New York go to Rikers when they're awaiting trial.
1: And have you been to Rikers, by the way? I have
3: never visited, uh, yeah. uh, or or been a guest at Rikers. Yeah. Um, I've just TV is what I know, yeah. uh, and um, uh, some stories from some folks who've been there. Uh, but uh, how did he? I mean, we know the story, uh, but how? You did, wrote a piece about this, right? Uh, how unprecedented is it? Which I, I'm tired of getting tired of saying that yeah. word. That someone so high as a deputy attorney general, deputy assistant attorney general. No, 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 deputy, deputy attorney, attorney general? general, number
1: two guy for a day on the job. Jeff Rosen comes in. How unprecedented? I'm trying to think of another word for unprecedented because it's absolutely unprecedented. We need a new word for we unprecedented a, in general. We need a we need a new word. Prompessented, but <laughs> but you're right. I mean. It's not simply. So what the what the Department of Justice said is, oh, he has unique security and health concerns. Completely bogus. He you know, there are people who make this kind of plea every single week, you know, as a U.S. attorney that it's totally up to the Bureau of Prisons. And you're glad that that's the case. You say I can maybe make a recommendation here for Unprecedented uh, reasons that you know somehow Manafort, responding to a letter from his lawyer, gets to stay in the federal system and not Rikers, which by the way really is an infernal place. Many young adolescent inmates, Manafort would be in protective custody, but still, it's it's like you know out of Dante, Um, and instead, much much cushier, much better to stay in the federal system, and that's a real solid that. You know, Rosen came in, the deputy, and and this was on his desk already. So this is either Barr or or the White House or both. both yeah. And I'm I'm just here to tell you, it never ever happens that a deputy attorney general would intervene in something like this. So it's quite clear. It's a complete turning of the tables, right? Because the the DOJ in the form of Mueller has been the one force that Manafort had to worry about. Now they're kind of his good old friends too, and and you know friends do favors for friends, so it does sort of reinforce the notion of keep being solid for the president, and and things will be all right. It was really an outrageous, um, uh, c- kind of corrupt thing to do because any way you slice it, the only possibility is a political intervention and for whatever reason that is simply improper.
3: Is it illegal at all?
1: No is the short answer just mm-hmm. because especially after yesterday when the Supreme Court says we have to be hands off certain things. Well, let me put, let me, actually, I'll change. There's an argument that it's illegal, but it's not. There's no judicial remedy. It's so
3: unprecedented. We have yeah. no judicial remedy. But I mean, we know
1: that, uh, that that the department should not be acting for political reasons. We know there shouldn't even be any communication between the White House and the department. But if there is, is there a remedy? Short answer is probably not.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they say it was for medical reasons. We said they yeah. asserted white privilege. That's what we said <laughs> <laughs> to get him out yeah. of there. Uh because no one else would be given that kind of Ever. Ever.
1: And I mean and who and who what other reason could there be but who who he is vis a vis the president? Yeah.
3: Um All right. Let's see another legal question for you. Uh, As we all know, Mueller was subpoenaed by the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees to testify publicly July 17th. We're going to be in Philly that night, by the way. This keeps happening. We get live show. We had a live show at the Largo Uh when the Mueller report dropped, (laughs) scheduled for months out, Uh and now we'll be at Philly. And I swear, we we don't have any ahead of you know ahead knowledge
0: of any of this, but uh, take the train, okay?
3: But Trump's lawyer, uh, Jay Sekulow, has said, uh, "Don't you know? Hey, you know, we was asked if they're going to try to block." his testimony and he's like no we have no intentions of trying to block Mueller's testimony and it just seemed disingenuous to me dude does, he, does he even have is there anything that Trump or the White House or the Department of Justice or Seculo could do to block this testimony
1: yeah right I mean Seculo is not even a criminal lawyer he's like a religious lawyer this kind of noblesse oblige oh we'll let him go um, the short answer is no there's nothing they can do on the other hand there's nothing they could have really done and I think the the courts will prove this about say Hope Hicks and other things but so what can they do they can make a bad faith assertion and force the congress to go to the courts which will take months and and play the delay game complete bad faith complete disingenuousness Wait what's but, a bad faith assertion what do you mean by that They they were they'd make a legal claim that they know is garbage but so Sekolo, you know, comes in and says, oh, oh like a blanket immunity
3: for injunction, example, which you want
1: to talk about the not being a thing. That's not a thing. But <laughs> right. They say, but he could file some sort of a lawsuit. Right. I mean, Mueller given a report. Congress has legitimate oversight powers. Asking him about the report is the most straightforward thing in the world. You can imagine questions. That the White House would say we want to try to push back on that, but even that will be difficult. That's interesting. But the notion of trying to put roadblocks in at the beginning—what what, what Seculo is so graciously saying they won't do—they have no basis for doing. But can they make some claim that will that will hmm. put? Uh, and notice by the way, Mueller, every single other person. Like Hope picks like Barr, like Donaghan, everyone has yeah. said, has made these garbage claims and has forced it into the courts. Mueller could have done the same thing. Mueller is a law-abiding person, and went in he wanted to, he go didn't want to have any part of this. But no part of he it. He still but understands he understands what the law piece is. Piece of paper. It's a subpoena, and he will not. Make a garbage claim, he'll salute and show up. And indeed, that's what he's going to do. There's no good faith basis for resisting, but that hasn't stopped the White House at every turn. So, and they're just playing a bad faith time game. So it is feasible that Trump
3: could file a lawsuit claiming some sort of weird privilege that right. doesn't exist. And that would have to send it to the courts, which would have to take months to resolve.
1: Um, or maybe weeks. That, what you've just said, AG, is the exact thing that Trump has done on the taxes. The Deutsche Bank Capital on the, on the, One. Exactly. Yeah. The, exactly. Uh, yeah. It'll lose, but we'll lose in enough time that the air will leak out of the tires, whatever. And you know, I mean this is our president and, and at stake here is not simply his own liberty, but our ability as a nation to know like what the hell happened here and if they have their druthers, we never will. It's a absolute um you know, mind blowing pr- prospect, and that's and that's the game that the White House is playing.
3: Hmm. Well, Seculo says he's not going to, but I would not right. put it past them. Right. Uh, and finally, this week, yeah. a, a judge has released about 230 pages of case names and dates for search warrants and communications. About 499 of those, another 200 communication requests. Raw right. uh, story then dropped a headline that says Barr kills seven Mueller right. investigations. <laughs> Uh, and I immediately was like, that it cannot even be correct. And I like raw story. I didn't quite understand yeah. what the clickbait they was all about. They do some good stuff sometimes. Uh, but the way I interpreted the documents when I looked at them was that they were closing seven applications for orders on April 1st, which was 10 days after the Mueller report came out. Uh, not to us, but to Barr, I think. And uh, n- none of those seemed to me to be investigations. There was one SDNY investigation, which was remained, remained open and ongoing from, from the looks of it. So these seven things that were closed on this docket list
1: did bar kill them and what are they you're right. They're wrong. This is, you know, bar, <laughs> even a broken clock. You know, next we'll hear like Barr k- killed the 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 two the two immigrants or whatever. It's not. So this is, in fact, a routine matter that everyone's getting hot and bothered about. At the end of an investigation, you close up certain procedural things like what search warrant applications. Certain there are certain um, investigative maneuvers that just as the law goes require a so called separate number and proceeding. Yeah, and I think these were
3: communications from Twitter and Facebook and, and exactly. things like that. that they were so those it's
1: probably not even bars. So what happens at at the end of an investigation is the U.S. attorney's office that's handling it here, probably a career person from. I think DC. it was
3: SDNY. OK.
1: Yeah. But they simply, seem to be linked to the SDNY investigation, uh, which is interesting in and of itself. But but yeah, so they simply petition the court. Hey, we're done with this now. Let's this is technically a, a matter that's hanging out there. We can close it. And the court does it. That's all it is. It's 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 routine. Okay, the
3: court, well, yeah, but it yeah. goes through the DOJ, U.S. Attorney's Office. Right, they make the motion
1: and court, yeah.
3: Yeah, and if there's an argument against the motion of it closing, they, they'll make that and then the, eventually the, it'll get closed. But usually I, I, I doubt that anything yeah, like this know. would Who have a motion would? to argue against the closure of these. Sp- yeah, like nobody cares. Yeah, and, and, and for all we know, the documents were obtained. Well, yeah, and I mean, then see, I,
1: right. I mean, the court released them. We, we, we've seen what these pages yeah. are. It's not a mystery. It's as you say, <laughs> you go through them and you can see there that sort of I haven't done all seven. But these, you know, like yeah. a search warrant application, an application in connection with the exactly, as you say, the law for Internet providers, mm-hmm. you know, lo- loose ends to tie up. That's all.
3: Yeah. Kind of reminds me of those Manafort texts. That was interesting. Those were attachment six, and apparently there was an attachment seven that was still redacted.
1: Yeah, you mean the things that Mueller terminated, says the president? No, those are the struck and Page (laughs) texts. These are the the manatee texts. We call them the manafort
3: Hannity, Or some people are Team Hannafort, but I like manatee. Uh, Yeah, the little, that was weird. Uh, But I know why she uh, released them is because there's probably an open and ongoing investigation as to whether or not Kevin Downing should be held in contempt uh, of, of court for... Violating a gag order uh, right. retroactively—that's
1: so a, po- a possibility. There's yeah. certainly some, and and we see this with Flynn as well. Or it might just be CNN moved for them, and there's you know no reason not to at this point. There is a you know a general presumption that that. That um, the press can have things unless they can.
3: Yeah, but here's my guess, and this is yeah. t- totally just speculation. These are spe- space beans, we call them yeah. here uh, on Mueller. She wrote, so the texts in in six attachment six yeah. is the one the ones that we You've saw. You've
1: become such a sophisticated observer of this AP. I gotta say you <laughs> are all you. over this stuff. Okay, go ahead.
3: So I'm looking at those, and in those they say, you know, you got to talk to my lawyer. He's going to yeah. call you January right. twenty ninth thirty thirty one. And then there's a whole attachment seven that wasn't released because it's still redacted and presumably because it's part of an ongoing matter. And I'm wondering if those communications, we don't know if they're texts or not, are the communications between Manafort and Downing. And that is somehow evidence in some sort of a retroactive contempt uh, or gag order violation, um, sanction order or something. So I don't don't know.
1: know. But the question would be to try to suss it out is if we could conceive of it as a separate. Matter as opposed to something that would just have been incident, say to the sentencing or whatever. So could could Judge Jackson maybe have ordered a that 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 would be the sort of material that the, all the seven are about?
3: Yeah, because she got him much later. Uh, and uh, can you retroactively call someone in contempt or for violating a gag order? Is that something you can do?
1: Totally. Well, I mean, well, you, well I mean, are they, you mean when you say retroactively, they're no longer in a civil contempt must be for an ongoing contemptuous situation. But that doesn't, um, and of course, there's also criminal contempt. So the short answer is it depends. But um, uh, I don't think that would matter so much here because let's say it were had been a contempt proceeding, even if it had, were closed, then she would still be releasing it now so we wouldn't we wouldn't exactly know what had happened right so it, there did could you, already, did you have a show cause order maybe yeah there could already
3: be a contempt citation or a violation show me cause. why you're
1: not in contempt and maybe he skated free don't know
3: yeah uh, i wonder if we'll ever find out
1: yeah. so right. i mean it's just no joke there's so many things like that would you have to say wonder if we'll ever find out is it <laughs> going to be historians 10 years from now making educated surmises and you know this is a this is an overall episode of the gravity of you name it 911 or the Kennedy assassination it just seems intolerable to me that this will just be guesswork and in large part because of the obstructionist successful obstructionism of the White House it's it's really I, you know i think yeah. stomach turning
3: and not to mention the entire counterintelligence part oh, yeah, of the investigation yeah. well, that, which is that you understand usually thing, right. never comes out yeah uh, and I, that's why i've been trying to get my uh, co-hosts to find a way to preserve my head <laughs> uh, <laughs> after i pass away yeah. so that in 50 or 60 years yeah. i'll be able to find out what happened
1: get josh campbell or frank figluzy on here they have very educated surmises on just this topic cool yeah i i, uh, I try
3: i've tried to get josh and i'll speak to oh, him and, yeah. and figluzy's great too Uh, But, yeah, I I would love to know uh, 60 years from now uh, how this all went down. But, you know, who we just don't
1: know. Right. I mean, I'm older now. The, The prospect is I'll never know. It's it's just this is the one thing that didn't occur to me that he might keep himself out of jail. But would he keep the American people from learning about this? It's it's really
3: well. We did have God on the podcast. Uh huh. How do you, how'd she do? Uh, it it was uh, at the good God above. So this is a gentleman, uh-huh. uh, from Twitter, and he actually told me that it the all good. the molar materials will be available in heaven. Uh, so uh, there's that. Now as okay. an atheist, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. I, I, jokes aside, I'm. I really wish I was gonna. I, you know, but if I were 10 years old, I wouldn't be doing
1: what I'm doing. I might not be as interested in it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, future generations. Uh, you, you are a pioneer for the 10-year-old. My my daughter, I think, would be inspired by you to, to do one. In fact, sh- she may be, for all I know, having a Taylor Swift uh, would be basically, yeah, basically Taylor Swift and transgender. Those would be the two topics of her podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah
3: by you, you know what have her get in touch with me okay. I'll, I'll help her out because right. we do get a lot of uh, tweens listening to us uh-huh. even though we you know drop f bombs and stuff they their oh, moms let nothing. us their that's moms nothing, let them listen yeah. it, it's more pg13 i mean right. you know for right. for gosh yeah. sakes you know we're not yeah. disney but you know <laughs> right. we're also not Debbie yeah. Dallas so all right well former US attorney WAPO columnist law professor make sure you check out Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts where can we where can we find the Talking Feds podcast
1: TalkingFeds.com or wherever you get your podcast thanks for for mentioning we're actually going to be in DC the week after next doing uh, five different Talking Feds episodes with sort of heavy hitters back back there Jamie Gorelick and Bill Kristol and Bob Bauer on, on, on a whole set of different topics that we're excited about in general. We do both the kind of topical, as we've done just this morning, Joyce Vance, Barb McQuaid, what's going on the, with the usual suspects, but we're also now more and more doing kind of topical um, uh, ideas that'll be, as they say, evergreen. So it's been really exciting. I, I have to say that, you know, it was coming here a few uh, months ago and seeing how you just did it it made me, well, AG did it. Uh, we can do it, and we're trying to do it.
3: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's an honor. Thank you. <laughs>
1: um,
3: and we love having you guys come on. Uh, it, every time I have a former U.S. attorney on here, it, like the lights just lights up the room. I can see things now. So yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope we have you back soon.
1: Thanks very much.
3: All right, guys, that's our show for this week. And this is uh, the end of June. June is over. Yeah, it's
2: crazy. I saw someone post a tweet like, damn, July, you're here already. I'm still paying bills from May.
0: Yeah. yeah. Insert any months all the time. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, all the time.
3: Uh, December is National Procrastination Awareness Month. I thought that was clever. uh, And I figured I'd start telling you about it now. That is very funny. (laughs) Signs up on campus when i was going to college that it's like december procrasti- procrastination awareness month i'm like that's good i love that's it so funny.
0: i feel like they should put that in february the month after everyone sets their new year's resolutions Ooh. uh yeah no nope. if there's a council i like, could make my <laughs> they probably to. it probably started in february
3: for that reason but ended up being in december oh yeah, yeah. they kept pushing it back it <laughs> went yeah, that totally. way
5: yeah <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do you guys have any final thoughts before we take off? Just that. I'm really uh, stoked to be
2: on tour again. Yeah, Philly. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah.
3: Get your tickets, please. Mm-hmm. Seriously, they're getting eaten up pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks again to UPenn and Annenberg School and everybody out there for all their support. And thanks to the Philly Podfest. I can't wait. We're going to have uh, Andrew Torres from Opening Arguments join us on stage. And uh, Renato Mariotti is joining us July 27th Chicago. in Chicago.
2: Yeah, different kind of bean town. we got to visit the bean there.
3: Yeah, and yeah. if you can think of anybody who we should have join us on stage uh, at uh, San Francisco, oh, sorry, San yeah, Francisco? Uh, Seattle, <laughs> which we call Bean Town. Oh no. They're all Bean Town. <laughs> We're going to call guys. San Francisco Bean <laughs> Call it the Beans Tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you know anybody who we think uh, you think we should have on up in San Francisco, let us know. Send us an email: hello at Muller She wrote, put San Francisco in the title. If you want to go to the Philly meet and greet, uh, it's for patrons, and you just need to send us an email: hello at Muller She wrote, put Philly VIP uh, in the subject line that's how we search and find the emails if you don't do that we won't find you Mm -hmm. we'll respond with the location and time of the event Um, you'll probably just have to show us that you bought a ticket to the regular show Mm -hmm. and uh, PayPal us a little bit of kizash and that goes to pay for the for the whole event and uh that's going to be really fun so we will see you guys in philly and i know obviously we'll see you next week we'll see you this thursday for the page by page muller report in-depth coverage and if you're a patron we will talk to you every day for the rest of this week (laughs) into modernity thank you for being awesome please take care of each of each other take care of yourselves i've been ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan coburn and this is muller she wrote